11 o'clock comics episode 137 hit me it's my favorite it's my favorite cover of all time kidding that is my favorite cover of all time. Wow. The, the, the Cyclops. What? Well, you know, it's, it just hits that sweet spot of when I absolutely fell in love with the X-Men. And that, I mean, that's the end of the, of, of the Phoenix song. It is, it is my favorite. That is, that is Jane and Scott. And it's all odds against everything. You know, it's playing in the background. Oh no! Rain, my 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 favorite comic book ever. This is burn on top of his game. Come on with his words. All seven billion of them. Like in my my fanboy column this week. Yeah, that was not not in Claremont. That's cute. Not like this. God. Yeah. Memories. Don't you love memories? Uh, in my mind. And memories. That's right. And Barbara Streisand. That's right. Yet and, uh, happy Hanukkah, folks. Yeah, of Hanukkah. That's right, my Jewish friend. How are you? I am, I am well. <laughs> How does David, my Jewish <laughs> friend? I don't know. There you go. It's, uh, <laughs> I'll do the yeah, blessing right the now. Do you light the candle before you uh, get I said the blessing. I didn't before. Yeah, I lit, I lit one candle before. Anyway. Nice. What, wait, what, what is, Marta what is, told me she was stopping off for lot keys on the way home. To oh, me. my God. Stop it. You're making my ears bleed. What is Seriously, the, she is. What is no, the purpose the of, it? of oh, lighting the candle? It's a little bit of gumbo in there. <laughs> Dude, there's a, a, there's a, a, a Hanukkah candle. The, yes, the I know. But, I mean, what is the... the uh, the eight nights or the lights or you light a, you'd light a candle every night for, right, for eight, eight nights. nights. But what what is the specific reason for lighting the candle is it like a votive candle in in no it's it's, 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 beca- it's because the the oil was only supposed to last for how long and <laughs> like a, not even a night but yeah, yeah and it lasted it. it lasted for eight nights and it was oh. a, yeah, so it's 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 marking you know god's miracle this is going to be it's a very celebrating that jesus was like if i'd have known it was that kind of potty i would stuck my dick <laughs> in the mashed potatoes <laughs> this is going to be a very religious heavy episode because the book that i read is steeped in the stuff. Ooh, check yourself. Yeah. I read the Bible this week, and I'm, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Yay, fiction week. No, stop <sighs> it. I'm going to pray for you. you. You do that. Hey, <laughs> I need a lot of it. Hey, everybody, look what time it is. It's 11 o'clock, and I am the heathen infidel scum, Vince B. Yes, you are. But, you know, Vince, even, we're going to have a talk. Even... <laughs> No amount of talk is ever going to turn this worm. <laughs> I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. Oh, I am. Uh, and and uh, that's right, my friend. And and I, am, of course, am Good King Wenceslas. Oh, no, you're not. What? You're not Good King Wenceslas. You are driven by this holiday season, aren't you? Ho, ho, ho. That's nuts how much into this you get. Jason Every was week, nuts, baby. dude. And it gets me so excited for Christmas. Seriously, I'm fucking giddy, dude. I want to go out with people. I want to have holiday dinners with friends every oh, night this man. month. I'm just dying. I get. I went through it with uh, my wife tonight before we recorded. I have holiday related plans and/or birthday related plans, 
every single night of every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for this month already locked up. Yeah. Wow. Lock it up, baby. Gotta this, love that uh, cultural programming. This is gonna be a weird, my weird one for me. We're uh we're doing uh Christmas in Florida. So this will be my first ever non cold weather Christmas. Santa comes on a boogie board down in Florida. Yeah, yeah so I, that's that's gonna be a little weird. This mm-hmm. spinning dreidel of a podcast has been brought to you uh, see dreidel, that, dreidel, by dreidel. Discount Comic Book Service. That's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com where you can get your favorite comics and collectibles at huge discounts. Really, really, really big. 35 to 75% off selected spotlighted little books every, every uh, month. And they have a nice assemblage of Ditko stuff, picture box stuff, and all of it is securely packed, wonderfully and, and wrapped in bubble wrap. And they have this this thing that injects this foam I, it, that thing fascinates me i'm How sending they, you a package this week for your, your christmas present and it's coming complete with the dcbs injected foam it's a machine that molds the foam around the contents uh, around your books they yeah. put the books in the box do this little hoodoo with this machine and it makes this l-shaped foam cradle it's a cradle for your books that's what it is it keeps them nice and secure i'm fascinated with that thing yeah, yeah, you imagine know, the, the, you we, can we, you can put that foam around a lot of different things we never make a big deal yeah, and, and that's I what i'm think, thinking I, I think there are a lot of people out there that that worry about ordering their comics through through a mail order um service like dcbs because of the possibility of them getting all fucked up nah. in, in transit i have oh. i have never never had a book come from them that was in less than perfect shape. There's ever. like triple redundancies because yeah. you, you have your books wrapped in magazine-sized plastic bags, and they don't just put a piece of tape on them. They take the big-ass, wide, clear packing tape, and they'll tape the bag all the way around like a like a cross around the bag. Then they, put the, they stack the bags, and they put that foam around there. Then there's other stuff on top of it, like uh, they'll put your, you know, invoice maybe or a sheet of paper or stuff. So it could rain on the box. The books are not going to get wet. They're not going to get damaged. It's awesome. And you get that beautiful foam stuff, like breasts, <laughs> like breasts cradling your books. You know what is weird sometimes, though? Sometimes I get the phone insert. Sometimes, sometimes the, the peanuts. peanuts. I know, and when I open the box and I see the peanuts, it's like You're instant salt, Peter. Yes, yes, it goes well, right this down. This time I got the peanuts, and not only were they the peanuts, but they were kind of crumbled up. Oh, so like I got like little beats of peanuts all over the. Oh, the yeah, and static cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like a, it's like a wet snot on your finger, trying to flick Damn, it off, and it won't come off. Trying to eat that shit. The other, oh, I was like, "Damn it, exactly, Parker, don't, exactly. Don't Let them. So Zach, it's, Christina, Cameron, well, if you're listening, what's up with the peanuts? No, wait. That's funny you mention this because I believe it was today that uh, <laughs> Dave A. brought it up in the Ask <laughs> Zach DCBS Q&A thread. And, and Zach breaks down why sometimes you get peanuts, why sometimes you get the phone. Oh, and why? why and it? it depends on the size of your shipment. Depends on how big your package See, is, y'all. damn yeah, thing yeah, always depends on size. That sucks. Home, I think maybe not, but I always thought that... Okay, because that I, I had a small. <laughs> I, it, it, <laughs> a small yeah, package I today was little. Uh, oh, it was cold outside. Renee, right. call me. Call it's, me, baby. So, so, well, it wasn't once I opened it, but it was, uh, and it had it had foam in it. So yep. he's but, a grower, not a shower. I was I I because I love the uh, the starch peanuts, the ones that look like pre-colored puffed cheese doodles. Polish because shrimp. those those disintegrate in water. You throw those in the sink, and they're gone. They don't have to worry about 
throwing them out and, and fucking up the environment. But they, I even mentioned that, and Zach said that if they were cost effective, they would use the starch packing. Oh, but, uh, that's what uh, they are, starch. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I didn't oh, no. know that. I, and I just isn't it always something. the way that, that, that the shit that is biodegradable that's easy to get rid of is what's more expensive? Oh, I can't of course. Stand yeah. I mean, of course. Th- that over time that corrects itself, but yeah, just because yeah. the innovation it takes to create it, you know. But yeah, two so, things. Uh, if you'd like to peruse that thread that David was talking about, you can do so at our forum. It's at bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum and b. You can get your books from DCBS, DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, no, I screwed up. Yeah, I did. DCBService.com. DCBService.com. Yeah, I yeah. David's package has and me all bamboozled. And your first time customer. Right. You can use the code EOC8 and get another 8% off your order, care of DCBS and us. It's nuts. This is, this is, this is my one-year anniversary of being a, a DCBS wow. customer. It's only been cool. a year for you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, and I still, I, I still don't get all of my comics through DCBS. Right. Uh, you know, I get you know, kind of spread the love a little bit, but yeah, right. I, I, yeah. I took the took the Parker. Par, Parker is he's barking for Tiki to come out and talk about <laughs> the, about the 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 LCSs. Parker, I think gosh. this is my Tiki's like Beetlejuice. Mail order comics. <laughs> really? Yeah. I go back a ways. Yeah. I used to. Wow, I can't even remember what my. Fr- I, I did Westfield I for, for a time. I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used mailordercomics.com for a, for a while. Yeah, I did. And Heroes aren't hard to find. And then, uh, and then, I mean, they were fine. You know, I don't want to smirch them, but they had their issues. You know, they're like, they kind of like a typical LCS pool. It's like, like I'd get my list and there'd be a book missing, or there'd be like a random book in there that I didn't order, but not a book that I did, or you know, just. Nothing like it was ever catastrophic, but stuff that was annoying enough that you'd have to be like, ah, oh, you know, and really check yeah. the order. And, you know, again, not to say this because they're a sponsor, because I was a customer long before they were a sponsor of the show. I I mean, I get DCBS 20, what, 24, I guess 26 times a year. I do biweekly or 24, whatever it is. And, I mean, I must have, I've been using them for at least three or four years now, and I can't ever remember an order ever being wrong even down to a comic i yeah, mean if, if, it, if it happened it was once or twice and they were and if it, i don't even remember and i'm sure they corrected whatever the issue was instantly so the opposite I mean, the happens to me is amazing i it get really doubles is. of some things really yeah wow. I, like once or twice i contacted zach and and uh i made him aware that i got two i mean they weren't big ticket books they're maybe just like your average 299 comics and I, and I told him and he's like who's the name of the person who packed that <laughs> I, had, I had to rat the guy out, but I mean, yeah. Oh, Ben Teed was getting, Teed getting with it, yeah. No, it wasn't Ben. So, uh, if anything, you'll get like more than exactly. you should. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna run this down. Hey, let's so. do, let's do our drink roll call. Yes, okay. do it. All right. Um, what? Why don't you lead us off? Well, you know, it is festive. It's uh, it's that time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, as they say. <laughs> and uh, I have some. Some Biznichis lined up to drink in a little while here, but to start the show, I'm having, and I hope Chris is happy with this, uh, I'm having a hot buttered rum. Oh, nice. Yummy. Mm. Now, for those that don't know what that is, do you guys know what that is? Absolutely not. You take some butter, some brown sugar, some cinnamon, some nutmeg, and you're supposed to use some cloves, but I don't really dig on cloves, so I didn't put them in there. Mm. And you basically combine all that together. Melt it down a little bit, combine it, you know. Um, then you take dark rum, whatever kind of rum you have in the house, whatever works, 
fill that up like a coffee cup or a big mug, like, you know, fill it up about halfway. You take hot water, fill it up the rest of the way, and then you put the butter, cinnamon, sugar mix in. You mix it up, and it's like a really delicious, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, I mean, it's, hot butter drum. Yeah, but it's like, it tastes sort of like a, like an alcoholic tea almost, you know? Like an elixir. It's awesome. It's wow. awesome. And I only yeah, that, that's the a great one in milk. Over yeah. in the Christmas, like for, for some reason, I only ever think to make it around Christmas time, but uh, but it's great. But it's very rich, um, you know, because it has butter in it. So it's very yeah. rich. <laughs> not something you can pound like five you're of drinking them. drinking like butter. Yeah, you're pretty much drinking butter. But uh, And you got to drink it fairly quickly because you don't want the butter congealing. Oh, stuff. nice. But, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, but it's it's actually really good. It's uh, it, I'm having it right now, and it'll be over soon, and then I'll, I'm going to turn myself to a little Pilsner or Quell for, uh, to, for the rest of the show. But, oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. My nice. godchild yeah. eats butter. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Grabs Does he fit through the door? It's a she, and she just grabs the stick and just chows down. Does she Damn. fit through the door? She's, she's, she's pretty large. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 so I'm gonna stop this child from eating yeah. the, the, the so, sticks of uh, butter. Diets is one of the old butter diet. Oh, David, how about you? Uh, well, I didn't take out the uh, Harvel's, Harvey's Bristol Cream tonight, but uh, I decided to go with Bola Bardolino from uh, Italy. It is a uh, Italian red wine. Arrivederci. <laughs> Ciao is Italian for food. I know. David would be happy to know that uh, I gave both my in-laws and my father and his wife the same Christmas gift this year, and that is a wine of the month club. Nice. Yeah, they they both love wine, so we hooked it up. We found a nice like uh, little like uh, international one okay. of the month up. They get uh, three bottles a month for twelve months. Holy crap! Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. That's a gift that keeps on giving. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Yummy, yummy, Mister B. How about you? Well, uh, I am not drinking anything that's difficult to pronounce or hard to make. Uh, it, it comes pre-mixed in a red, white, and blue can. It's the last of the Coors Light. Uh, okay, well, good. At least it's the last of it. Uh, <laughs> this week, I'm having uh, one of my favorite winter beers. It has uh, uh, popped up on the show from time to time. It is the uh, New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk. And uh, I'll read just from the label here. Um, you probably have heard of this before. Will you two settle down? My dogs are going nuts. You uh, got to get barrel- a cattle prod. I'm telling you. <laughs> a barrel-aged stout with roasty malt character intermingled with deep vanilla tones, all dancing in an oak bath. Pairings uh, include red meat, smoked foods, balsamic, rich cheese, and dark chocolate. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the New Holland uh, Dragon's Milk is one of my absolute favorites. Parker? There, there's cheese in the beer? No, 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 no. It's food, parent, food pairings. Oh, okay. That wouldn't be good. Huh. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Dragon. I think you actually drank a Dragon's Milk when we were out drinking at C2E2 as well. Probably. Probably. And, and speaking of... Uh, March eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. So uh, I'm ready to ready to do it, guys. Yep. Cool. My oldest is born on March sixteenth, and I said to him and his mother yesterday, I said, <laughs> "Y'all are having a party the week before its birthday, not after." I said, That's "Damn it, be. I got I got people to see, comics to buy. Well, we can, <laughs> yeah. we can celebrate it in the same weekend because the weekend before is my birthday on the twelfth. I know. This. I know. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be very festive. 
Before we move our our asses on, I have to give a little bit of thanks. I got another package in the mail. Yeah, I got. I'm starting to get jealous. Starting to get jealous. No, it's part of a trade. It's part of a trade. Okay. So, okay. Uh, good Eric Williams brought me ah. one issue away from a complete run of Spawn. Wow, I, that's I need impressive. I need one more issue. Mm-hmm. He gave me, I think it was uh, maybe six, five or six issues of Spawn. Two of them were were uh, condition upgrades from books that I already had. Yeah. And uh, obviously three I needed. One more brings me to a uh, a beautiful, complete run of one of the greatest comics ever created, Tom McFarlane's Spawn. Thank you very what, much. What issue you still need? 115. Okay. Is that special for some reason? Uh, no, um, around issue 100 to 140, different groupings of issues are really hard to get for some reason, like 141 to 149 is, the, those, is tough. Those, did those come out the year they were actually solicited? Is that why? That was during a period oh, where uh, I ignore wow. him. I just say he's not my wife. I just pretend so he's sweet. not there. The, uh, I've <laughs> It, you you've graduated, uh, my podcast <laughs> wife. Uh, it was when Spawn was starting to lose its luster in the marketplace. He wasn't moving hundreds of thousands of issues. No. Uh, really? uh, um, yeah, uh, it was kind of around the time where he was bidding was a, bidding adieu. Uh, I think Capullo, I, I, I believe, uh, he was bidding adieu to the the mass waves of of uh, action figures slash uh, statues. It was just not a, a a big selling time for Spawn, and the print runs reflected that. So, if you can find, especially like issue one fifty, is really hard to get. I it took me a long time to find that, but uh, yeah. So, and um, one away. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. That is amazing, man. I have almost all full runs of of the entire spawn line. Uh, Sam and Twitch, uh, the Curse of Curse of the Spawn. Yeah, I have them all. Did you read the new um, that Sam and Twitch trade that came out a couple months ago. I may have. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sitting on my pile here. As I was oh, organizing. dude, it's 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 not good. It's it's a hot mess. Okay. Yeah. I have I'm no sorry. reference when I read the originals. So. Yeah, and you know who wrote uh, the originals, right? Bendis, right? That's right. Yeah. They're good. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Yes, cool. Yeah. All right. Let's, thanks. So thank you, Eric, uh, my man, and everyone else who has aided me in my quest for Spawn. Sweet. I got some business to take care of. So You do the business. If you, I go, can I go first? Are you going to do uh, the reveal? Yeah, I'm going to do that. We... I got two pieces of business I got to take care of. Oh, I thought we'd save the reveal for the end. Make them listen to the whole okay, show. Okay. Well, then I got one piece of business. Let me get out of the way now. And then All I can, right. We can, okay. So... <clears throat> Uh, as much as it pains me to discuss this, uh, this past weekend, Christopher's football team and my football team played <laughs> each other. The Bears. Bears, the Bears. Uh, actually handled the Eagles quite convincingly. Uh, In all three phases strength. of the game. Uh, it was a nice victory for his team. And uh, uh, for those football fans out there, I think, um, fair to say, validated his team that a lot of people probably doubted and uh, called into question my team after people were kind of uh, considering them, you know, one of the teams to beat. Either way, kudos to Chris and all you other Bears listeners out there. I know Sal's out there. and Hey, the the Bears, honestly, were were Uh, unproven. They were unproven until that game. That was the, are the Bears for real game. And, and you know what? It's, they, they played the best game that they've played all year. And yes, 
So, and so the Eagles yeah. are a good team. So, Thank you. so, so c- kudos to Chris and, and all you other Bears fans out there. But uh, as it relates to the show, we thought it might be fun to have a wager involved in the uh, outcome of the game. And we left it up to uh, King Dap to decide stakes. So uh, never one to procrastinate. Uh, a few minutes before kickoff, <laughs> never uh, the stakes of the game. I frankly don't remember Thanks what the reminder. I was supposed to uh, have read because he didn't have to worry about the it. Mighty the mighty Hercules, the mighty Thorcules volume. But uh, I lost the bet, ergo I have to read what David said I had to, and he had chosen for me prior to the game that if I lost the game, the bet, I would have to read Star Trek Assignment Earth, uh, which uh, is uh, both written uh, and uh, illustrated by uh, a certain person uh, we all know and love, John Byrne. Okay. So, did, uh, did you get my text message after the game? No, no. Really? Uh, maybe I did. I was in such a fury, though. I probably <laughs> it it. I, did, I, did, I, I, I sent Jason a, a text message that just said, set phasers for stun. Oh, I did. <laughs> I, I probably got it. Didn't you? Anyway, uh, I never want to Welsh on a bet. I, uh, within minutes of, of uh, losing the game, uh, went on to Amazon Prime and ordered the trade of Star Trek Assignment Earth. It arrived on Monday. I read it today. And... Um, uh, before I get into it, I have to know, because it was a bet, so theoretically David was trying to choose things that he thought would be somewhat uh, difficult. <laughs> I was there, yes, 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 trying to punish him? But, no, but, but not, not, not entirely. It, it, okay, um, yeah, what was the impetus for choosing this specific work? Because I'm curious, you, you, you don't do anything... You have your mind works in mysterious ways. You clearly didn't choose these oh, yeah. things randomly. So why did you choose John Byrne Star well, Trek? Well, I do. I the reason why I, I I chose what I chose for both of you is I I know that because see I I never wanted to make it hard for I don't want anybody to read something that they're not going to enjoy or, or have a chore to go through. So if I if Chris if the Bears lost and and Chris had to read. The Mighty Hercules. I know I that. Like that. I will exactly. read it. It's, it's it's well. It's it's Fred Van Lente, who we all love. It's it's something that the guys can can recommend and and wholeheartedly endorse. So I figured that would still be fun, even though it's it's a Marvel book for Chris. And with with Wood, you kind of have to go with uh, some of the backstory before the weekend. We were the four of us were in the private messages, and 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 we were talking about Burn, and and Burn came up in through. Um, because of things that were said on on his forum and 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 uh, and whether or not he's bitter or angry and things like that, so we were it, it was it was kind of it was an inside joke. So that was part of it because we we all we all love looking at things through rose colored lenses. I mean, we all love Chris with his uncanny X Men, us with the Fantastic Four, and, and Alpha Flight, even if it, even if his heart wasn't in it. And and we all know we. Burns Prime when 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 he was hitting him out of the park, man, it, it was it was a beautiful time in comic books. Oh yeah, and I, there was none better at the time. I think at the time there was none better. I mean, he was saying all time. I mean, but com- at his comics, moment, probably comics' yeah. first true superstar. Yeah, I mean, well, at least for Marvel, for DC side, I think it would be Perez. But yeah, I could definitely, I, I would say, yeah, very it. much so, contemporary. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. Now and of course, lately, I, I, I really, I don't like 
Burns lettering. So, I mean, reading Next Man and Wonder Woman, it's very hard to see those books because a lot of his lettering was so large, it's covering up a lot of the artwork that I'm buying, that, that I'm paying to see. Uh, so I know he likes to do that. I know his style isn't the same as, as you can still tell it's burned, but things aren't as, as tight or as crisp as they used right. to be. And everything changes over time. Uh, I do know that you are a Star Wars fan, or at least the boys are. So I don't know. I don't think you dislike Star Trek, but I mean, if it ever comes up, I'm pretty sure you're more pro Star Wars. I I hate that that argument, you know, just like Marvel. Right, versus, right. Yeah, I hate Star Trek versus Star Wars. You don't, no, don't have to one or the other. But right. yeah, exactly. So I I figured since Assignment Earth was an episode in I think the, the season finale of I think the second season, and yeah. it was it was designed to be a spinoff. If 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 Star Trek didn't come back, Roddenberry had basically designed this one. One episode with Gary Seven as a secret agent, and and it was, it was going to be a spinoff series if it took off. And this was a miniseries put out by IDW that I, I haven't read yet. Now that that's another reason why I wanted to see if it, if, if it was good enough to 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 get. I was wanted to. Wood read it. is the guinea pig. Exactly. That's that's the yeah. other thing. So if anything, if anything, that's the punishment. It's not it's not straight up Star Trek because I don't think the Enterprise or Kirk or Spock are in it. I don't think. I, I can't be certain, but uh, I figure it's. It's a Star Trek book in the sense that it's set in the Star Trek universe. It'd be like right. if, if you read a book about Han and Leia's kids. It's not you're not reading anything about Luke and, and Anakin. It's just it's a spinoff, but uh, it's still in that Star Trek universe. So I um it it basically was to see that after we were all talking about Burn and his highs and lows, if he if he still has it, if he still knocks it out of the park. So that that's pretty much the reason why cool. I picked it for you. Yeah, well, I, I kind of okay. It's it's sort of what I was thinking that you, why you were doing it, but you're right. Um, and, and all of your suppositions are right too. I um, I I definitely uh don't ascribe to that whole Star Trek versus Star Wars camp. I think certainly, um, I care more about the Star Wars universe, but mm-hmm. but not not at the expense of Star Trek. Like my father was a huge fan of the original TV show, so I've. If I haven't seen all the original episodes several times, I'd be surprised. Like just watching it with him over the years, um, I certainly saw all the original movies and the in the theater with my dad. You know, we always went to see them together. Um, uh, I definitely loved the Next Generation when it came out. Watched that all the time, um, but I never really read any of the comics. Like I never. That was definitely. I never was into Star Trek comics certainly, and I've never tried any of the IDW stuff. So. Yeah, when you threw this out there, I was very intrigued, especially because I was trying to think the last Burn comic that I that I've read, um, I, and I, I honestly still can't think of it. Like I don't, I should have looked to see what he's what he's done over the la- like last decade because I I'm sure the all new Adam. Oh yeah, it. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and the demons, so, but yeah, How about I didn't read that. Comics? So it's been you know it's, it's action. It, yeah, yeah. Didn't read that. That one that Gail Simone wrote. Mm-hmm. Didn't read Burn Superman, so I mean it's been a long, wow, long time, like a off the shelf Burn comic. Like it's it's really been a long time. Um, so I was really curious, you know. I mean, has the guy's style changed? What does he still have the chops? Did did this look rushed? Um, so you 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 set this up. Now I I would have need I I didn't going into this. I didn't know until I read the description. I had forgotten that this was a and supposed to be a spinoff. I vaguely remember the episode um, that was, in fact, yes, the season two finale. But I don't, 
you know, I, it's just sort of just a vague memory of it. I couldn't tell you all the specifics of what happened or the characters or anything like that. Yeah, it's not exactly um, one of my favorite episodes of the series, only because it wasn't it really didn't involve the crew. But yeah, I'm sorry. Right, right. So, but this is basically talk about sort of out of the out of out of the blue. I guess they gave Byrne the chance to, to said, "Hey, listen, pretend you're the showrunner, and you can write a miniseries that pretends as though this is." an adaptation of of the show that we you know pretend we made the show it actually spun off and and you you go ahead and run the show and and hmm, we'll interest. do it so it's a five issue mini that came out in 2008 and the premise is basically Gary 7 is a human but he he was i don't know if raised or trained or something on a on a far distant planet of of uh terrestrials that kind of are like i don't know watchers or adjudicators basically their job is to kind of maintain uh, the space-time continuum, and they train different uh, beings to go back to their home planets and travel through time and space to solve, uh, I guess, quantum leap type of thing, right? Like it's like you're, his job is basically to keep certain things from happening or make sure other things happening. So like those that have read, seen Quantum Leap or read The Exiles, it's kind of along that line. And Gary Seven is uh, this um, uh, you know straight-laced uh, '60s style. Um, guys, a little bit of spy, a little bit of doctor, a little bit of you know, just man of action, if you will. He's got a sidekick who's a hot blonde, who um, I believe was played by Terry Gar in the Star Trek episode. I think you're right. Yeah, um, and she's young and sexy and comes off a little ditzy, but in reality, is quite smart. And then there's this this crazy. Uh, Isis, which is this black cat, <laughs> but the black cat's sort of like a shapeshifter. So half the time it's a black cat, the other half the time it's this super hot uh, black-haired uh, woman who, again, in the TV show, as I understand, it was played by the then playmate of the year. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of wacky, and they go about solving adventures. And in the comic, um, the first issue. Literally, the first page of the first issue opens up on the exact frame by frame uh, ending of the of the Star Trek television show. So it's the exact same scenes of that, and we go from there. And uh, to your point, David, Kirk and Spock actually are in the book. Okay. Um, in fact, one of the these are basically all one and dones. They're they're they t- it, it, this is a chronicle of some of their bigger adventures from 1968 to 1974, and it's five different adventures over that course of time. One of the adventures does involve the Enterprise, and they actually have to teleport onto the Enterprise and uh, and handle something. But um, uh, it's just it's a very interesting thing. This is definitely something I probably would have never read had you not had me do it. Um, I, it's it's a weird book because. It's set in 1968 to 1974, so the characters are intentionally drawn to look like they're in period costumes, which I think serves the fact that it's by Byrne in a weird, comforting way to me because it, you know, it looks old school. Like the the, the look and the illustration looks old school, but it feels like Byrne should feel to me because that's how I remember Byrne, right? Like I remember him. Okay. If I, if, if I read, you know, even if you look at Alpha Flight now or X Men, you know, there's a little bit of a datedness to it because of the 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 decor and the cars and the, you know, and Byrne was always big on, you know, having you know clothes of this period and stuff. So it kind of felt almost right in that regard, you know, like it it it, it and it worked for me. Um, Byrne, I, I, you know, I've I think he still got it. I I thought the art was pretty vintage Byrne in most places. I mean, there were certainly some nice. pages that. I, I thought, oh, you know, a little rushed, but then again, you know, if you look back at Burn Alpha Flight, 
there's pages where he does no backgrounds, right? So, yep. I mean, I don't know that he's, he's <laughs> really most changed. of them were no backgrounds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think it's if you're familiar with Burn, this is very much Burn. Um, um, yeah, he does great facial features. Every character looks very different. You know, they're very distinctive looking people. Um, so I dug that. Um, Tom Smith does the coloring, and you know, I think it's it, he he certainly enhances the work. Um, the one thing I'll say about Burn is even in the pages where maybe some of the line work isn't as sharp as you might expect from when he was at his peak. The dude is a great storyteller. I mean, um, say what I will about whether I thought some of the issues were that exciting or uh, the plots were all that engaging, but uh, the dude can tell a story. I mean, there was never a moment where I wasn't, you know, wondering where my eye was supposed to be on the frame or the panel or, um, you know, and, and I, I got to give his propers in that regard. I mean, he, he seems to have cared about the source material, uh, put it that way. Um, um, it, like anything with this, uh, there were some things I thought were a lot of fun and some things I, I didn't really care too much about. Like, um, some of the parts are a little heavy handed. Like there's a Vietnam war related thing where, um, you know, guy goes off to the war and he was a, he was a peacenik protester and then he gets, goes off, decides to go off to the war and then, you know, flash forward and all of a sudden it's, it's the Terry Gar character, very old now standing at the Vietnam war memorial, you know, looking at his name and, you know, that, that kind of stuff I uh, wasn't a huge fan of. But, like, the heart of the book, which is as though this were an adaptation of the TV show, was a lot of fun because it, uh, clearly it was supposed to be a campy show. You know, it was supposed to be set in the, in the late 60s where, you know, there's free love and, you know, everybody's getting some, some action. They're all getting a little bit of schnooky, you know. <laughs> um, you've got, like, the communist plot. You've got the, the – there's a uh, – Terry Gar's character beds down with a with – a, uh, with a guy in uh, one of the issues where he and uh, he's it's kind of funny because they're in college and he's a uh, he's a protester but he's uh, he's he's a big he's a, a black dude that's got a big afro and it's kind of hilarious because as I'm reading it like it's Jim Kelly like it's it's it's, oh, it's shit. yeah it's Black Belt Jones like it's 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 basically it's like they're on a college campus and stuff and 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 he's wearing he doesn't have shoes on like he's got like bare feet and then out of nowhere they get in a fight with soldiers and he like he karate chops the soldier in the face like it's like with his, with his bare foot and i'm like it's jim kelly like it's like john burns is drawing jim kelly in a book as though like jim kelly was guest starring in that episode which, which <laughs> up. it I probably could have happened yeah it's awesome you know so i love that um uh you know, so I thought it was charming, frankly. I, I, uh, I really did. I, I don't know how how good the show would have been if they did it, but, um, but yeah, I thought it was charming. I, I, uh, I definitely think it, uh, intentionally or not, it, it very much was vintage, like what I would have thought of of a of a late '60s TV show. Um, it was very evocative of that. It wasn't like a modern interpretation of that. So, um, for me, it worked for me. I guess it it, it delivered on what I thought it might be after reading about it beforehand, and. Uh, and yeah, so uh, overall, I enjoyed it, and it was a pleasant surprise because I, I, you know, I really didn't know if this. I wasn't sure if you had picked this because of my making fun of Burn last week, and then you having read this already and thought like, oh, this is a train wreck. I'm going to make wood. <laughs> uh, and that really wasn't the case. I mean, um, you know, I, your mileage may vary on this one, and I'm curious to hear what younger readers who aren't that familiar with Burn, if they've read this because they're Star Trek fans, what they thought of it. But uh, you know, I it's hard for me to see a burned face and those those eyes that he draws and stuff, and not think you know, it was fun. You know, it was it was a lot of fun in, in most places. So awesome. um, yeah, so so good on you. I I you know again, is it great comics? Nah, but it was good. And and let me leave it with this: just like in Af- uh, just like in um, Black Di- um, Black Dynamite, uh, you've got uh, a, a you've got a tricky Dick Nixon 
plot, <laughs> and they clone. They they imply that the they imply that the communists decide to clone Nixon and imply that Watergate was the was the uh, was really wasn't Nixon. It was Nixon's communist clone trying to set him up. So it's awesome. So you know, the Republican oh, that's that. I would never. I don't think I would really ever um, intentionally make someone read something that either I hated or I think would be bad as as punishment. I don't. I it's. Oh, I would do that to Vince in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I know, know you would. would. I know. That, I know yeah. there are people that would. You know, because I'm gonna get you, and you know, you gotta spend your hard-earned money now and, and read something that I think is crap. But I, it, I never, I never see comics that way. So even if, even if you were like all psyched because hey, it's a Star Trek book, but oh crap, there's hardly any Star Trek characters in it. I think that would probably be the most extreme form of punishment I could think of for that. If 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 someone if if I told somebody to go read Spider Man, but it's actually like you know the Black Hat miniseries or something where Spidey's hardly or uh, the which is really Jack, really good by the way. Of course, because who wrote it? Jen Van Meter. There you go. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm glad you dug it though. I have been curious because I know that uh, you know we all are getting back to what we remember Burn from, and now that he's pretty much I mean Next Men is coming back, but but he's doing a lot of the licensed stuff for IDW between Star Trek yeah. and, and Angel, and and it's it's nice to know that he, I mean it's 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 great to know that someone who we were so fond of is still working, but he, he's working on, on properties that, that are familiar and well-known. And I, I am, I am real interested in reading, uh, Leonard McCoy frontier doctor. That is probably the first IDW star Trek book that I, I want to read. So I got to get the trade for that, but that's cool. I'm Absolutely. Dude. So good on you for making my punishment, uh, very easy. Not a problem, man. So nice. It's heartwarming actually. Yeah, right. You know it. I think a lot of the uh, vintage burn style came from Terry Austin. When 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 Austin when they split and Burn started inking his own stuff or no, but he did or different different inkers. Right, it, it lost a lot of the uh, that See, I don't, I, uncanny I don't, feel. I, well, it, the uncanny feel, yes. I don't. I as much as I love Terry Austin, and I think he was great on Marshall Rogers also. Whenever they got together on Detective and the Batman stories, but I'll go I, as far as to say Terry Austin made Marshall Rogers. Because if you look at okay, no, you're you, right. If you look it, at Silver Surfer, the first like oh you know, yeah, 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 that is sure. not strong, not, Marshall no, Rogers. No, it's not. It's not. And I, I, I'm just going to say when it comes to Burn, I find his the person that worked with him was uh th- that I think that I love when they work together was Carl Kessel between legends oh, and yeah. on Superman I think I mean cuz cuz Austin Austin's one of those anchors like Mark Farmer that that has a very you can tell when when a pencil is being inked but but by who they're being inked by and and Austin cuz even when Austin would um like you said with with Marshall Rogers and and there were um old and and Terry Austin penciled an issue of of power pack and and uh and you could still tell you could see the little trademarks that that terry leaves behind on other pencilers that that was still there and with with carl he just i, I felt he brought out the best in burn and and yeah. it, great stuff austin is like a high-powered lens bringing everything into crystal clear sharp clarity that's right. the one if i had to define terry austin in one word it would be sharp he all all the line work is very clear, and then when Byrne got a, other inkers, and then when he ain't started inking his own thing oh. stuff, it was anything but sharp. He got, but I like it. I'm not gonna say I like it more. 
than than the Austin Burn stuff. I like it as much though. I I love Burn stuff. That's what I was gonna say. Like uh, again, not really having read a lot of the Burn. Like I mean, Burn for almost all, if not all, of his FF run, he 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 inked himself, right? I mean. So. But it, but it was a, it was a tight he I think he was still working in the wake of Terry Austin because a lot of it is of a similar style. Yeah. You look at the next men stuff. Wow, it it's like he he clipped the tips of his brushes and yeah, he, it's and he it's, just, it's a Steve Dillon kind of feel to it. It's, but it's, it's nice, I'm yeah. You think oh of this yeah, because I I it's funny. Like I after I read this, I I went online to read what some you know if there are any reviews or whatever and see what people thought of it because that maybe we're more familiar with the source material. And um, a couple of people are like, "Oh, you know, Burn needs an anchor," and I, and then I thought, really, I'm like, because I, like, number one, I think that's an odd comment to make about Burn because a lot of Burn's well-known work is not is him inking himself, so it's not like sure. he's like a guy that's just doing this for the first time. And two, I I I don't looking at this. I I mean, again, I haven't gone back and studied some of Burns. Like I haven't read a Burn FF issue. Like sat down and read one in a long time, so I'm going by memory. But I I look at these pages and I don't think they're any less detailed or have any tight looser lines than than that stuff did. Um, so yeah. maybe they do, and I'm just being more generous with my memory of his work. But I, I, I it looks fairly tight to me. So stay stay well, away I mean, from his Wonder Woman stuff, then. If you want <laughs> if you want to keep him positive, just just don't mm-hmm. don't bother. Well, yeah. the thing the thing about Terry Austin is that you know for for my you know in in you know my recollection of comics and when I was growing up and 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 really really getting into comics he was the first and probably only inker that I could name for years sure. as synony- as synonymous as Burn Claremont was. Well, I was going to say Burn, Burn is the first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Byrne is definitely the first artist that I, as a kid, remember thinking of, like, him, his art of just him. You know, like, I was, like, where I was actually aware of when I was buying a comic that was a John Byrne comic, you know? Yeah. But, and then quickly, like, because of that, I started noticing other artists and then really. But he was the gateway to my actually noticing that different artists did different books. That there was, you know, like, something to behind he was the, the character. Fir- he, was, he was the first artist that you followed. Yeah, and I don't even know if I necessarily followed it in the sense that like I read everything that Marvel put out and I didn't read anything else. So, but he's the he's that first guy where I remember like oh who and then you know and then and then I noticed sort of noticed but then I, it all kind of exploded from there and then I started noticing oh and this is Simonson and this is you know and then, like all of a sudden then I started really paying attention. But but he's if you had to put me on a, a lie detector and say who was the first artist that ever mattered to you, it would have to be Byrne because he's the first guy I could think of where I actually knew when I picked a comic off the stands. Oh, that's a John Byrne comic. You know. mm-hmm. Sure, and right, o- and right along with that, Terry Austin, as as his anchor, was the first anchor that I was like, "Well, who's Burns' anchor?" Well, it's Terry Austin. It's yeah. I mean, they the, those those guys were the first art team that I remember, like yeah. seriously remember. And you know, they they weren't the first art team by any means, but they're the first ones that I remember. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, I feel old. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, way, I know, uh, Jack and Jack. And I know, right? Anybody, anytime you're buying Jack off off the stands, true. yeah, you should feel old. If people don't know, uh, when I said Jim Kelly, uh, Black Belt Jones, first of all, shame on you, but second yeah. of all, um, you may <laughs> hey, know him from, hey, Ent- you he, may know him from t- Enter, Enter the Dragon is probably his most famous film, I would say. Awesome. And, he t- and he took the Bills to four Super Bowls. No, no, no. Different Jim Kelly. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although this Jim Kelly was in a few films with Jim Brown, who was, of course, 
the man. The second greatest running back of all time. Don't stop it. What? (laughs) That's that's just uncommon knowledge. We've we've entered into the forbidden zone. Uh, Yep. I'm seeing. So there you go. So that's my business. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad. Neat. I don't know if 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 I had a pick and a an approach to inking, I prefer say someone as razor sharp as Terry Austin. I would always go with the more expressive uh, Klaus Janssen style of inking. You would see. It's funny you say that. I know you love Klaus Janssen, but I just when I think of Klaus Janssen, I think of a guy that I'm looking at Klaus Janssen art. Then I'm not looking at whoever else is under him. Like to me, oh, you don't think Terry Austin has a um, perceivable graphic personality. He you can does, always tell it this Austin. way. When I look at Burns, right. when I look at Burns' work with Burn inking it, and I look at Burn Austin, to me, it I still see Burn. Well, when how about I one of one when, when I look at Jansen, JRJR, or JRJR doing with other people, it looks different to me. See, I and don't like I an Jansen invisible doing his own though. stuff like that Batman train wreck that I had to read a few years ago, and uh, I just and to me it looks like a rougher version of what Jansen did when he actually had beautiful lines to to go over of JRJR. I like Jansen as a standalone artist. I don't. Me too. Yeah, that's Daredevil. Yeah, but see, I know. Death in the Maiden was awesome. Yeah, I, I know. I know. One example for for Vince with invisible anchors would be Al Milgram to me. Because uh, yep. there, there's nobody that Al Milgram inks that doesn't look like the, he just basically just just put black lines over what the pencil did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it depends on the story for me. I think I think everybody, I don't. The reason I I prefer anchors on a lot of people is that sometimes people just need to be reined in. Either they get a little crazy or they just they, you know, it, it, they're they're the storyteller, they're the director, they're they're the one putting all the camera angles in place and, and drawing the story. But it's when I say that Bernie's an anchor, it's, it's if, if I see that he gets a little thick, like Vince said, with cutting the lines off his, off his pens, the, the tips off his pens, it, it's nice to have an anchor kind of clean that up a little bit, rein it in. I, I, I like Jansen, but I necessarily don't want to see Jansen on Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, which he did on Real Life Confidential. Yeah, that was, that was nice. I knew you were going to say that. But I mean, isn't the, doesn't the joy come from the, the partnership? You're all Kirby crackled, Vince. <laughs> nice. You know what, David, uh, it, another anchor I think is, is pretty uh, uh, quite talented, but but I think is really good at, at not at not making it his own. You know, he, he he's very... Uh, faithful to the pencils, uh, Joe Rubenstein. Yes, but even Rubenstein, you get you, you kind of get a little bit of like a, a Rudy Nebres feel, where where there's this, there's some shadows, there are some some he adds he adds the right, I guess, tone to to the image. You you really mm-hmm. get a feel for what's going on. I think um, I the, well, of course I love Andy Parks, but I, Mark Farmer is you know the way he just he kind of just adds adds, adds those curves and 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 kind of softens i mean even not not necessarily just on alan davis but there are um there're just other pencils he's he's worked with that you know he just it kind of softens things up a little bit not not that it makes it you're looking at it through a a filtered lens or anything with the pantyhose in front of it and things are blurry it's just it's it's a very nice it, it's it's easy on the eyes and and there are there are stories that that require 
Klaus Janssen, you know, when especially on JRJR and, and on certain grittier stories, but uh, not Miller. everything, not every, and, and even Miller, but not everything needs that that gritty. You're not you're not gonna see Klaus Janssen, you know, cover do, do a, a Jeff Smith on on anything really. I don't think. I've, 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 ne- I've never liked Frank Miller more than whenever Klaus inked him. That was without a doubt my favorite Frank Miller. Tell me I'm not shitty. You're not. No, you're fine. And the, Miller has never been better when inked than as he was when inked with Jansen and colored by Lynn Varley. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Varley, Varley did Thank a you. lot for Miller. But anyway, what I said when I started getting all crackly, th- doesn't the joy come from the, the partnership? I don't want yes. I don't want an invisible inker. Oh, I mean, not. otherwise, why even have inkers anyway? Let's just have the the penciler do it. But right. well, I, 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 I think yeah. I think I've said it like several times before. Christian Alame has has the greatest quote about this. Whenever he's whenever he talks about working with Doug Mankey, that that relationship has created a third person in the room. Sure. And 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 I think that is I hopefully what pencilers and inkler and inkers um strive to achieve is that is that that mystical third person that yeah. that comes out of the work. Like Lennon McCartney. Right. Sure. I, that's what I was going to say. I think it comes down to a, like a partnership, right? And, and if you have a situation where yes, they really do have a collaboration together and they understand each other, then I think it's great because also too there's a a functional aspect to that, right? I mean, the pencilers often talk about how when they have great inkers that they trust they can get more pages done quicker. They yes. Have to put as much detail in, you know, where if they don't, if they're working with an inker, they don't know, or they don't necessarily maybe have the highest regard for, or they're not, they don't just not sure about that. You have to be tighter and it can take them longer and, you know, it can be. So I think when you get in that situation where they can trust, trust the inker that, you know, then that's great. Um, but I also think though that maybe again, talk about when we get brought behind the curtain too much in this industry, you see some of these especially now that I've been into buying original art the last few years, you see some of these penciled pages and then oh, you yeah. see the inked pages in the comic and mm-hmm. or, you know, the inked pages available for sale and you're like, wow, like the dude just butchered them. Like he just like <laughs> took away so much of the, of the nuance of the work, you know? And, 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 sure. um, and I, I guess I, so to me, it's a case by case thing because I, I just, uh, Definitely have seen penciled pages where I'm like, wow, the inker did a lot to really help that page come together. And the vice versa, though, I've seen it where I'm like, my God, that inker is, you know, just. You he killed just that. Took all the life out of that page, yeah. you know. And then I don't want to name names. Of course, the, 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 the famous one's Coletta, right? We all name that. But I, but I mean, but like, there are, I, there are frankly pencilers that are working today that are in books that we talk about or that we read. I know it's when you're talking about pages, And I love them. <laughs> And I've seen their inked pages, and they are very pedestrian. And and I'll just leave it at that. Well, but you know what? What's interesting? And, and and you talk about the the original art market. You know, I'm seeing. You know, it's like if you want to buy a, a Ryan Otley page, you can buy a Ryan Otley page, but they're they're penciled pages. So I'm seeing more. I'm seeing more art being sold by pencilers that are the the pre-inked pages because they're getting scanned in and sent to inkers or they're being digitally inked and so you're you're seeing some of those original pencils but you know and, and i don't know about you jason something i don't know if i want to buy just a penciled page because i worry about how it's going to age yeah uh totally agree i only own i mean on the, my gallery that i put up on the you know i i have two penciled pages uh, and they're both commissions. They're not 
they're not pages from books. Um, for that reason, I agree with you. And it's not even so much the aging for me; it's that they're hard to see. Like when I'm when you're walking right. down my my hallway to look at my art, um, it just doesn't stick out. I mean, yes, if you stand there and look at it and actually make a point of it, you can see some beautiful line work. But when you're walking down the hall, it looks muted compared to everything else, where the inks pop. Sure. So it's an aesthetic choice, but. Um, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I just, to me, I think it's a case by case basis, right? And and I also think, you know, you see a lot of situations where there uh, are pencilers working um, where they they have rotating inkers, and I I generally don't think that's a great idea. Like, I generally think that hurts that hurts the look because the the, the it, pencil- it, it depends. It depends. Yeah, I, I've seen it work in in some cases. You know, Green Lantern by by its nature has, and just because I talked to Christian about it, they've had several inkers working on that, but like Christian and Tom Nguyen are are not just good friends, but they have very similar styles, and so you'll see you'll see Tom and Christian inking Green Lanterns. You know, sometimes a lot of the times the the same issue, and their their style is so close that it, it's unless you unless you're looking for it, you can't tell. But you know, I know what you're saying. There's there's other books where they've had two anchors and it's like having two completely different artists well some of the marvel books back in the day the bullpen with the merry pranksters there was yeah, yeah. Oh, three, the crusty th- bunkers th- uh, yeah the crusty bunk bunk there was like four or five anchors on those books but uh i i think the 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 best example of the unseen hand that anchor who had absolutely no personality at all but he's one of my uh. he's one of my favorites is uh mike royer because mike just brought Jack's pencils. He just darkened Jack's pencils. I mean, he had almost no personality at all, and that's the way you it's want it. Almost like a Photoshop filter. That, that's huh? the way you want it with Kirby. But then, then again, you have <laughs> one of the uh, one of I feel the best inkers ever had a personality that almost eclipsed Jack's pencils, and that was Joe Sinnott. Yeah. You it instantly really? recognize. Oh yeah, Joe's fantastic. Yeah. But but, but he, yeah yeah. But it's, he could draw. And and he had a style of his own. And when you put right. that, there's that third person. When you put Joe Sinnott over Jack Kirby, oh man, that was magic. What about Ooh. Wally Wood? Yeah. Well, again, there's another case of, of someone who has such a Wally strong, Wood. yeah, strong yeah. presence that uh, he, he. There's a danger of. I, I don't think Wally. God bless him. As an inker, he his magnitude eclipsed the penciler in a lot of. Uh, Instances. Yeah, I would agree with that. yeah, he's Wally. I mean, if you climb up that ladder of of uh, ability in the comics world, it doesn't get too much higher than Wally would. I yeah, mean, there, there's a bunch, there's a little bit above him, but man, it's it's like inking God. How do you do it? <laughs> or, you know, having, but I, I always love seeing inkers, seeing people who who I recognize as inkers or primarily see them as inkers, and then they end up penciling or doing the art chores on their own thing. Like I mentioned. Terry Austin before, but Mark Farmer has done it. And Bill Reinhold has done it. He's, he's penciled this. Well, how about the, one of my favorite runs, uh, uh, Neary on Captain America? He was Neary did Captain America, right? I, I knew Neary as a penciler from Captain America yeah. and and uh, and and the Captain Britain stories, and yeah. then I see him as an anchor on 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 Brian Hitch. But you also have um, uh, Murphy Anderson, who I always, you know, you always. Tend to associate him with, with Kurt Swan and their great Swanders right. signature, but then I mean he was he was whether he's drawing Hawkman or the Adam things like that in from the Silver Age. It is so I uh, didn't Murphy also work with um well I don't want to say work with wasn't he the one who was supposed to fix 
Superman's head in uh, in some of the Jack Kirby. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yeah. And look at uh, one of, uh, again, a fantastic artist uh, with a, a very recognizable style made John Romita Jr. pretty much the best I've ever seen him. Al Williamson. Ah. Uh, on the Daredevil run. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I got to be honest. That's right. I did not remember that Williamson. I, I did not. Yes, that, that and, was and a, a, a writing that. Yeah. Yes, that's a gorgeous yeah, marriage. Right. Yeah. By the way, Tyler would marry back in the Daredevil world for those that care. Really? Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She was, she was behind it all. Is that a good thing? <laughs> well, you know, she never. She was mutant zero in the whole. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers! No, I think. Sorry, spoilers. No, 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 no. no, It's like it's funny. It's my bad. Sorry, spoilers. Not to me. I just because it was it was supposed to be they they were trying to keep it hush hush because they're like oh yes for those like for those few who are biding their time to read uh, Avengers: The Initiative (laughs) and still not sure who the secret initiative all eighteen issues of it yeah Typhoid Mary Mutant Zero yes. That's nuts. <laughs> it's not Jean Grey. It's not Hope. Uh, it, but um, it's just, like you talk about Neary, right? And then you t- like uh, you know, you guys know how much I adore Alan Davis. Like I, I see, like no matter who inks Davis, I, and I think he's had great inkers over his career. I, I see Alan Davis. Like so again, I think that's a testament to the inkers. Like I don't, I don't know that I, I, I see a very different look to his his work when he's got and and he's got he's had great, very dis- famous, well known inkers over his stuff. You know, but but I. I think it all looks very similar because it, it does. Well, it does look similar because it's it's kind of hard to cover Alan Davis. You're gonna have well, to. He's be, very I mean, tight. For those that don't right. know, or listening, he's a super tight penciler. Right. Yeah. So it, it's you know whether it's the '80s hair and or the big tits or whatever you know it's it's an Alan Davis page. It's it's what's it, that's there, and it's. <laughs> I can't tell if he was being snarky or if he was like just. <laughs> no, no, you you have to. David has reverence for Alan Davis more a lot more than most artists, but he always brings up that '80s hair shit. Always, he always does. I because I, I, I always draw my hair that way, and it's because of him. But it's, <laughs> um, you drill. You do have that feathered hair, that '80s style feathered hair. You do. It's I. If you look back at at the Excalibur special one shot and then the first few issues of Excalibur before Mark Farmer was inking him and you had Paul Neary inking him you could oh, yeah. it, it's definitely Davis but there is is definitely a difference yeah. when 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 you look at at Neary inking yeah, but, uh, Neary Farmer has a, a lot more than if he inked him for a good chunk of that first two years yeah Excalibur. I, I think Farmer has a more sensual line that's what I thank you that's yeah. the word I was trying to find out okay yeah. it's there's a there's a naughtiness to Mark Farmer's that, Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I give you yeah. that. I give you that. So yeah. saying with the curves and and the way things are softened up and yeah. Yep. Sensual. That's a good word. Sensual. I like sensual. You would. Chris, should we move on? I mean, I love the inking talk. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No. Yeah. For, yeah. Let's move on a little bit. Chris. Heard enough uh, inkers for the week. Chris alluded to <laughs> something. <laughs> Chris alluded to something in the pre-show banter that he read something that's going to make me happy this week. I, I, should we should we let him make me happy? Well, and, and we don't have we don't have to spend much time on it at all. We've talked about it. 
several times before. I even started reading it once and liked it, but kind of set it aside for whatever reasons. Um, but came back to it here in the last couple of days, and I'm really hooked and ready to stop talking to you guys tonight so I can go back and, and, and dive back into it. Um, I'm really hooked on Pluto right now. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that manga? Yeah. No, no, it's not manga. It's Japanese comics when Chris Yeah, reads. yeah. This, this is, <laughs> it's the most un-manga manga. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, I'm, 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 th- I'm in the middle of the third volume now, and uh, yeah, it just for whatever reason, I, I enjoyed reading the first volume the first time, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna pick this up and start it over and 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 check this out, um, and haven't been able to put it down. It's just clicked with me this time. It's it's a lot of what I like in the comics that you know that I seek out. It's a procedural. It's a murder mystery. It's got a sci-fi edge to it. Not it's a heart. it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of heart. It, it it really is kind of the the unveiling of the story that that I'm enjoying. It's this this mystery that um, that that they're gradually finding these clues about. And yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it a lot right now so i'm gonna uh, hopefully finish up the uh next what i'm i'm almost i'm almost finished with three so there's eight volumes right yep yep so uh, i'm gonna yeah. try and get the i'm gonna try and get those finished up here in the next week or Vince, so have you finished it no no Me i haven't either. i have I'm them through. all Me too. and uh five. oh five i think i yeah. stopped at at the end of four and I got bogged down by something I'll, and then i'll try and finish it up for the next month or two and we then, should yeah. we yeah, should like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's like, you know, it's 16, so good. 16, and, and the, the illustration is crazy, dude. It's, yeah, but it, that's, it's, that's it, small. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is, oh it, it, it really is a beautiful book. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just, th- there are certain pitfalls that, 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 that manga that I've read in the past. I, I fall into where I'm just like, yeah, okay, this is what I thought this would be like. So I'm not digging on this, but, um, no, on the on this one, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I hope I hope it uh, I hope it keeps it up for the next five volumes. But uh, it, it's hard because it's it's almost like this addictive page turning reading where the the art's so pretty, but I don't feel like I'm spending enough time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to slow doesn't, down, but I want to find out what happens. Doesn't know? Urasawa's art remind you a little bit of Ernie Cologne? <laughs> I, um. You know, I got to be honest with you. I I I think Urasawa is uh, a more proficient technical draftsman than yeah, Cologne. But, yes, but then how much of that is the assistance? Well, I don't know that. Right? Yeah. I don't even know how I would know that. Like how we could right? Do that. No, right. But I'm just you have to you have to uh, breach that that question because it's it's more of a. I mean, comics are done by committee yeah. in the states too, but that's even more over there. But you know, just the facial expressions on a lot of his characters remind me a lot of, of Ernie Cologne's work. I, I can see what you're saying. You know, we, we have uh, on the show, I guess at least back in the uh, – it's been a while now. It's probably been two years. But we did an episode that focused a lot on the uh, Filipino masters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know it's obviously a, a, a soft spot we all have for a lot of those guys. Um, again, just as an aside, for those that are interested in, in original art and stuff, and, and I know a lot of people get bummed out when they want to get like a page of – 
of guys that they love from back in the day, and they realize that like all that art is very, very expensive. Um, Hell yeah! For some reason, the and again, maybe these guys just sell themselves short because they don't. But uh, the Filipino masters, again, I mean, this stuff isn't dirt cheap because it's. But but a lot of the stuff like you can get. A lot of these guys have really affordable stuff. You can get a lot of the Filipino guys' stuff for very affordable prices if you're interested. And, yeah. and to me, it, you know, they're right at the where back. all over. Uh, you yeah. know, aside from the one um, Evan Dorkin, Bill and Ted page, the only original pages I own are Filipino artists. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, you're not. A huge, yeah. yeah, you're not a huge fan of that, or you always you don't collect it. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Love oh, that and stuff. Uh, since we're that's awesome that Chris is reading Pluto. Just one quick note, and this will make Julian smile. Uh, this month they announced that One Piece, which is a manga that we've referred to, um, has sold, and this is just an astounding number in today's day and age. This past month, the the One Piece series has gone over two hundred million volumes sold. Two hundred million volumes, people. You know why? Hundred thousand. Two hundred million volumes of One Piece have been sold. Not because there's a lot of brainwashed people out there, because it's freaking great comics. And and this is not, again, this isn't red or piracy, because I'm sure a lot of people pirate it too. This is 200 million goddamn volumes of this thing have sold <laughs> like real money. Like that is an insane. Hell yeah. Number. I mean, keep that in perspective to the, to the population of Japan, folks. It's. I just crazy. read the uh, latest chapter in uh, Shonen Jump. It's it's heading toward the end of this year long battle. It's insane. This this comic is insane. He expended a year's effort on one fight between nice. the the navy and and uh, Luffy's trying to rescue his brother who's about to be killed. And you get the admirals in there and all of the people over the course of 50-some volumes that have somehow allied themselves with Luffy or people he's met along the way. Everything congeals in this one battle, and it is nuts. And and it doesn't seem forced or it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, you can always tell when an author is just stretching, trying to find uh, somewhere to take the story. It seems like it's all planned out. It, it is in... Uh, it's... it's uh, an amazing comic and you just it's a it's a joy to experience it just some what if you read a battle in the x-men that lasted a year right you'd be, you'd be, people over here would be like god damn it let's get this done already but we're talking like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of one fight yep yeah well, it's, ho- it's ho- glorious ne- stuff hopefully they never put the first volume in the vault <laughs> oh look at that like, that like those sales in perspective too uh the latest volume in japan i don't think uh, there's a lag i know right vince between yeah the, yeah the latest volume in japan was uh volume 60 uh-huh. uh and that's 60 volumes over 13 years by the way so this is talk about prolific but um but it sold the first print run it went back to multiple print run, but the first print run set an all-time record with 3.4 million copies dude. in the first print run that's fucking insane it actually sold to give that just as perspective harry potter and the order of the phoenix sold 2.9 million copies in its first print run yeah like and that's arguably the most successful you know english novel in the last 20 years so yeah. That makes just me so like, happy. Again, to hear like that. people need to understand the perspective of this because I I had mentioned um, one of the one point one piece villains in a column for our fanboy last week, and uh, a bunch of people were like were like, oh, I never heard of One Piece, or whatever. And I'm like, well, 
Okay, that, <laughs> 200, that, over but, 200 million people yeah, have. Yeah, but then, then understand then that your world is, you know, a little bit myopic. Like, again, I, I haven't, I, not say that I'm some one-piece expert, but, you know, understand that, you know, in other parts of the world, comics are way bigger than they are here right yeah. now. I mean, just, that's an insane number of, of I mean. There, there's, just, a, there's a joy within the pages of One Piece that's infectious. When, when, I'm when really Luffy, excited to read it, but I am daunted by the fact that it's fucking sixty volumes. Oh, it's big! Like, it's big. <laughs> when when Luffy gets excited, the reader gets excited. I don't know what it is, whether it's the cartooning or the expressions. They're they're way larger than life. I mean, when when Luffy's happy, his mouth is stretches way wide. You know, and the eyes yeah. bug yeah. out. It, it, it's it's just a joy to read. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I'm I'm loving Pluto. Mm-hmm. I I read half of the first volume of One Piece. Yeah, I don't think it's for you. It's not for me. It's too happy. It's, what about Twentieth Century Boys? Twentieth <laughs> uh, Century Boys is on my list of things to to read. Uh, I started it and was liking it. It's it's just it fell underneath the mountain of other stuff. There, yeah. but I, I, I read to. the first two volumes yeah. and I very much enjoyed it, but I. Yeah. Same thing. It's I got it. We got away from me, and then I'm daunted by the fact that I think the 13th is about to come out, and I'm like, man, yeah. you know, 13, you know, 28, yeah. I think. Yeah, I know. I'll, that's I'll, my I'll thing. Wait, you know, I'll like, wait for it to end. Yeah, you know, I'll be some 60 year old dude. Well, I think it's actually ended, right? Kind of ended like, it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. They even made movies from it. So. Well, that's the other thing about these mangas that, like, when I was reading about One Piece the other day after Julian had tweeted about the 200 million copies thing, I, uh, I like, it, it's just like seemingly every other manga. It's got a huge, like, anime that's had hundreds of episodes. It's got mm-hmm. full-length movies that have been out in the theaters in Japan. It's got music and albums and cartoons and live action. Boys. It's like, I mean, it's a total media massive empire. But unlike most of the things that reach that level, it 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 doesn't pander to the, the, the a certain type of audience. It's not, uh, you know, pureed pop crap. It there's there's substance to this, which is really surprising. Why this thing is hit, you know, because you figure pop music is is fluffy and throwaway, and you you never really get anything of huge substance that that finds a, a large audience but one piece manages to do it and it's 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 got everything that that popular works of of art that that managed to tap into huge amounts of people don't have it's crazy right, right. it's crazy I, I i just i i can't define what is so special about the book but there's something there you'll feel it when you read it hi nice yeah Chris, you know right, what? Pluto. Maybe, maybe Pluto can be your vote in the eleven o'clockers for new to you of two thousand nineteen. <laughs> I think nah, there, there you go. Nah. Mark, Mark Schultz yeah. always already has been. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. But uh, mm. but that was a uh, meager attempt at a segue for those that uh, are not aware of uh, of of our year end awards. This will be our third annual eleven o'clockers. There is a uh, thread pinned to our. The uh, main uh, sub forum, which can be found where, David? Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Is it really? I thought it was bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum. See, that's the they... whole thing. You can use both, but. Oh, neat. That's... Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> you can go there, and uh, as many people are doing, you can just create a uh, just you know repl- create a quote and then just as a placeholder and go back in and edit that. Um, we do ask that you just stick to one 
one set of votes and go in and edit that post versus like reposting yeah. with new votes because that makes it harder for me to have to tally up. But uh, yeah, so uh, so the you know we're we're coming toward the end of the year, man. It's already December, so before you know it, it's it's going to be time to start call, you know calling the votes and 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 getting our uh, our show ready. So now, I don't think people realize how much work you have to do for that. You do you you put in a lot of hours on that. A lot stuff. of fun though, dude. That's one of my favorite episodes yeah, of the year. Yeah. I love. Yeah. Cool. Because every time I come up with something, even though I see what everybody else between the three of us and, and of course people on the forum, so you're like, do I really want to? And you don't just because you see it written on the screen, you're like, well, all right, that issue was okay. But then when someone's talking about why they picked it, you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should have went with that one. <laughs> yeah, I like at least for the first two years. I like how diverse, like between the audio, the consensus votes of the of the forum, and then our own. It's you know we we I think we do a nice job of covering a pretty broad swath of people yeah. that deserve some some uh, you know some credit. So it's a good time. And I'm sure Vince will cast his votes three hours before we're ready to do the show. <laughs> He'll do it while I, we're doing the show. It's hard. It's hard to pick. Uh, you know. It, well, why do you think he posted it like in November? Hell, October. It was like two months ago. I'm already done. Part. I'm done. It's too hard. It's, it's I think tough. Chris did his in like 20 minutes. He, he looked I, at his shelf. He goes, "All right, that, that's the Marvel book I have." So and that that's a cool way to heroes. That's a cool way to do it. I mean, it, it, there's something to be said about the immediacy of just picking them, bam, and getting it over with. Hey, if but, there's one thing I've learned in life is that your first, your first instinct is almost always the right one. Unless you don't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Your first instinct is almost always your right one. No, I don't Unless believe you're that. curling. It's funny, though, because then I go back and look at, like, prior years, like our last year's and year before, and who we voted for, and then, like, what they – and I think, like, some of them resonate, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that that's holding up. But then others, I'm like, wow, really? That's what we all voted for? <laughs> like, like, I barely remember what happened in that now. Wow. Like, I was caught up in the moment, you know? Yep. It's 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 real. It's it's like a almost like a comic book collecting verite. It's real. It's yeah, it's what you're feeling at the moment. Yeah. Right. You want me to go? You go. I want you to, baby. Speaking of the Filipino artists, the Ooh. dude that uh drew Juan La Familia? Yeah. The, the dude that drew the book I'm about okay. to talk about, I would place firmly within that camp in terms of style. He's that good. I don't talk about him a lot. Because the the stuff on which he's chosen to work are long, sweeping epics. And for me to get into it and give it any kind of justice would take longer than I have. But he's one of my favorite artists of all time. And, and I'll tell you who he is in a, in a couple of minutes. Guess what, what character I'm talking about. You guys got to guess. Okay? Uh, uh, Resurrection I read, no, Man. No, 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 no. Which is a great book, by the way. Angle Man. The, uh, the, I read the first 10 issues of this. I have the whole run, but uh, I read the first 10 again, second or third time reading them. And, uh, it, it takes place in a time of rampant religious persecution. As the Franks and the Holy hey, Roman, no, as, as the Franks and the Holy Roman Empire launch a series of God-driven campaigns with the goal of recapturing this chunk of dirt, uh, then under Muslim control. I'm talking about the Crusades. Uh-huh. Bad time. Uh, as the popes, uh-huh. as the popes' armies spearhead towards Jerusalem, we have a devout Lord Ian Covenant, who, with a weary heart, joins the Crusade. 
Uh, he's uh, the master of the uh, English forest name Real. It's R-H-Y-L-L. So I would pronounce that Real, right? Wouldn't you yeah. pronounce it that way, Real? Yeah. Uh, so, so he's a master of this forest and, and the land surrounding. Uh, and unfortunately, Covenant falls in love with a woman far below his station. Uh, his, 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 yeah, his uh, sister's handmaiden, Xi'an. And uh, when, before he leaves to go on the Crusades, he gives her a gift, uh, a relic carved from a shard of the one true cross. Uh, before he departs, brokenhearted, uh, he leaves his lands in the care of his brother-in-law, Baron Rivelin. Now, Rivelin is married to Covenant's sister, Eloise. Uh, and then so you have the Lord goes off on the, the crusades and he proceeds to scrub the legions of unbelieving infidel scum from the face of the earth. But there's a couple of very important facts Covenant is uh, unaware of as he goes on his uh, little uh, fight for God. Uh, Xi'an was pregnant and she eventually dies during childbirth. Uh, another very important uh, fact, his sister Eloise becomes racked with sickness which causes Rivelin to slowly slide into insanity. And he makes a deal with the Sisters of Morgan, the uh, the Fates, which are super hot as drawn by this artist. Just well, it, I mean, it's an image book, but it, it doesn't uh, subscribe to the typical image way of storytelling with the exception of every woman in the comic is drawn super sexy, gorgeous, because this artist draws amazing, full-bodied, muscular women. Uh, and, and the sisters of the Morrigan are the fates. So in exchange for the life of his wife, he makes a deal with the fates. And he has to procure something for them in order to save his wife's life. And uh, you can probably guess what it is, but I won't say. Yes. Um, so as his wife slowly gets worse and worse. I mean, she's cold to the touch. She's motionless, lying on her deathbed. He takes his grief out on the citizens of real, and he taxes them into oblivion. Squeeze, squeezes them dry and brutalizes them, and those that disagree with his mandates are killed. And he enforces all this insanity through his uh, handsome, though vain and sadistic uh, Captain at Arms, a Frenchman named Guy Dublanc. So uh, the hero, in quotes, of the tale, Lord Covenant, unfortunately meets his end on the road to Damascus. He dies. He's killed by a Muslim or a group of Muslims. And as he slowly shuffles off this mortal coil, he's confident in the fact that his crusade for Christ, his, his vigilant battle against the unbelievers, has earned him a place in heaven. Unfortunately, he's way off base. He is cast into hell and is uh, given a chance to come back to the land of the living with glowing green eyes. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, he, he becomes a hell spawn. Or a Great hell's name. apostrophe s pawn. Uh, this is Spawn the Dark Ages. Yes, right. By far one of the best titles ever to come out of Image. I actually Re read the first mm, maybe five, six issues of that. It's friggin' amazing, is it not? 
Come on. I, don't remember if, I barely remember it. I don't. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, man. I, I don't. I mean, I read it was coming off the sh- on the shelves. I don't. I barely. Okay. Remember. Okay. You. you ha- it's written by Brian Holguin. Right. Art by the ungodly talented Liam Sharp, right? Liam McCormick Sharp. Yes. Yeah. I, I placed this guy so high on a pedestal. I love his work. It's funny because I remember him being the hottest, but he, we even talked about him in a, in a good minute. What's he been up to? He finished uh, Doug Rushkoff's um, Testament, and now he's doing uh, Gears of War. So Liam Sharp, really? Yes, Liam Sharp is responsible huh. for the art on one of the highest selling books in recent memory. No, Kate, he's the one through Gears of War. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, I don't. But see, oh. it's the Gears of War. Liam Sharp, he's reined in. They got him on a leash, <laughs> be, be, because <laughs> if you if you look at the Strange Tales Man thing that that Liam Sharp did, his work on Testament, especially his work on the oh, Dark Ages, he Lord Havoc and the Extremist too. Jesus. Yes. Yes, they've had him doing a that lot of said, shit. And, yeah, but but he's a fantastic artist, and he is prone he is. to to experimentation. But if you look at his work on Gears of War, it's it's great, but he does not take the artistic risks that he took on on the other books. It's he knows his audience, and he's playing to them. So he's not he's not mixing it up. But uh, so you got Lord Covenant, who is brought back to Earth as the uh, as Hell's Black Knight. So he, uh, his masters have uh, an agenda for him, but like Al Simmons, there you go. He does not. He ain't gonna have that. He's he's a forthright, uh, vigilant man. He he has a very strong moral code, and um, aiding him in his uh, quest to discover himself, where he's from, what happened, is none other than. Mr. Uh, Caligiostro, as we've seen in the Spawn books. In fact, this series mirrors the the, the first, you know, thirty or forty issues of, of uh, McFarlane Spawn because not only do you get Caligiostro, uh, you have one of the uh, Holy Seraphim, Sister Immaculata, yeah, this um, young, uh, extremely comely sister in in a in a convent who's racked with these dreams slash subconscious memories of 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 doing something very very wrong and being not as chaste and as pure as as one would think a, a young girl in 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 uh the sisterhood would be and she she finds herself stricken with stigmata at at times her hands bleed she gets these flashbacks of of being in some kind of war turns out she is one of angela's um warriors the 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 holy seraphim and she eventually i think it's in like issue seven or eight she eventually butts heads with uh covenant aka the the hellspawn and like angela she realizes this guy is not the typical hellspawn something different about this dude he does not act like a hellspawn he's going into a burning convent to save a baby that's not what hellspawns do and and so you get this the same it's like Joseph Campbell's the heroic cycle there is a or or David's favorite um Mr. Matt Wagner and Grendel how there's a legacy to these characters like Spawn it it's it's the same cycle imprinted on different personalities and that that makes great storytelling you know but it's an amazing series you have Covenant's quest to to uh find himself and come to terms with what he's become and uh, 
work for the other team, so to speak. And um, Baron Rivelin's uh, captain at arms is, like I said, a very vain dude. And when uh, Covenant butts heads with him, he destroys his face. Just mm -hmm. sh shears the guy's lower half of his of his face off, which causes uh, Dublanc to go insane because he prided himself on his handsomeness. And so Dublanc makes a pact with the fates and is given this this helm, which gives him uh, powers not unlike the Hellspawn, and they butt heads. So you have this this villain that dogs at Covenant's tail, and it's just a. You guys know me and Spawn. I just eat this shit up. I I, I love the character. I love the yes, mythology of, of of the series. I, I love a dude who is is charged to do something he doesn't want to and breaks out of his programming and and blazes his own trail, so to speak. That's Al Simmons. That's uh, Lord Covenant. It's just that's the cycle. And Speaking of God, Al Simmons, dude. Yes. United. Is ever gonna end? Stop! Why do you gotta go there? <laughs> you're you're, you're yeah, feeding you're feeding like, the I... beast. <laughs> Jesus! Hey, all I know is Liefeld was tweeting like a motherfucker this week about how he's back for the first time in ten years being able to do a regular book. Good on him. Yeah, that's the the dead. He found it. That's the Deadpool Corp. <laughs> it's the I company think, that got him famous. I right. think he's he's doing good work on that. But anyway, um, back to Mister Sharp. Uh, do we have any jazz fans in the house? Of course. I think, well, you know I am. Okay. Uh, are you uh, familiar with the fretwork of Bill Frizzell, guitarist Bill Frizzell? No. I I liken Liam Sharp Hazel, but... to to Bill Frizzell because Frizzell, um, he this guy can can instigate cacophonous wall of screeching dissonance like wave upon wave of ear splitting thunderous clamor just the un most ungodly noise from a guitar when he's moved to do so this dude can also produce some of the most measured pastoral and and just downright beautiful uh assemblage of sounds my ears have heard and that's liam sharp sharp can can throw down the ink like a man possessed at times he just it, i mean he roughs it out and splatters it and just you you can see the emotion in his line and in his brushwork and then other times he draws the most detailed Min, just minutely measured drawings with the fine line and and cross hatching and it's just this amazingly detailed like the armor in some of the uh Dublanc scenes where you, you can see that there's there's like scroll work and uh in incised you know trenches and baubles in the armor and the chain mail and then he can paint like a bastard there there's some fully painted backgrounds that i mean to my eye it's a lot like richard corbin by way of hr giger i mean just beautifully rendered brushwork and and textures and then 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 you'll get um these experimental type passages where he just goes willy-nilly uh, just like a man possessed I, I love Liam Sharp's work I see Frazetta in it I see uh Richard Corbin there's there's uh even a, a bit of um Alex Toth in some of his work where he can just he, he he goes minimalist sometimes and just puts the lines down that matter just to 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 set the scene and then other times he'll render a scene where 
you know, there's there's one panel where Cogliostro is standing in 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 a in a fire, and he's revealing that that he's Merlin. Um, and the the hair is blown in the wind, and in the fire you see the 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 time worn image of 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 Merlin with the cloak and the hood, and in the foreground Covenant's there, and he's got the sweeping spawn cape, and you look and there's in the muscles, the shading in the muscle, there's like a bazillion lines in there, and the the veins wrapped around the forearms, it's nuts. Uh, Liam Sharp does not get nearly enough attention. I think. I mean, I was just like Jason said. What was the last time we talked about him? And the guy's in my my pantheon. I just, I just adore his work. Did you guys read uh, Testament? Um. No, I wanted to, but I didn't. I, yeah, I, had, you know, I feel like I read it a little bit of it, but I don't remember finishing it. Or I, I, I had a, my yeah. copies bound. I love that book. But then again, I mean, if you're going to talk Testament, you got to get into a whole mess of trouble. With yeah. I mean, Rush, Rushkoff loaded that stuff with every conspiracy theory and paranormal, uh, you know, uh, chestnut that that you can consider. It's just it's a very deep work, and it, you know, and even cyber culture and the whole media machine and and like I said before, cultural programming. That's all in Testament. But how do you sit down and talk about that? It's it's tough, but uh, we could focus on the artwork, which is fantastic. Liam Sharp, McCormick Sharp, as he's known here. Amazing yeah. talent. And uh, some of the covers, I think the first year, Liam Sharp uh, tag-teamed with uh, Glenn Fabry. Uh, Sharp would do a cover, and then Sharp and Fabry would do a, the the one that uh, succeeded it, and then back and forth. Just amazing. And And you can get this Spawn Dark Ages book for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you can find them in quarter bins. Most of them. There's like two issues that are tough to get, but for the most part, yeah. Fabry's tearing some shit up on Hellblazer right now, by the way. Oh, he's a great pen. I mean, a lot of people, you know, think of him as a cover <laughs> artist. No, he's great. He's, he's oh, his, his, his Thor Vikings it yeah. was awesome. Yep, yep. Awesome. Yep. He's great. Yep. So there you go. Spawn, Dark Ages. More Spawn. Can't get yeah, and you know, if if people out there are curious about Spawn and weren't reading it back in the day and um, aren't as obsessive as Vince is about tracking down the issues, um, <laughs> they're putting out really nice hardcovers of the stuff. They now, are, again. yeah. They are. I've got the first two. I mean, so I mean, and I presume they'll just keep putting them out until they they yeah. do the whole thing. So you know why um, I I buy the singles in Spawn? Well, the, so the back. I I mean, I buy the singles current singles but the 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 older ones i love the end caps uh-huh. i love i love when todd would go off and talk about what figures he's making and the the process and, and what it took to get this design from concept to, to to plastic that just fascinates me this guy came from nothing and and and, and just sold himself as like i think probably one of the last true comic book superstars and not only comic books i mean he bought what's his name barry mcguire he's bought barry those bonds barry bonds he he bought this <laughs> baseball <laughs> i don't give a shit about baseball i know he spent a couple of million bucks on a baseball though yeah three million that, bucks that's crazy and then he toured the he, he toured the with his yeah, baseball like you don't buy a three million dollar baseball if you have three and a half million in the bank. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when you're buying a three million dollar baseball, you've got lots of millions in the bank too. You know yeah. What I mean? So, but didn't those baseballs kind of weren't the the mystique tarnished a bit 
because of some right? s- a, a, a some bit. Yeah. Well, that was, the fact the fact that he that he got the the Sosa and the Maguire balls and then and then uh, Bonds like two years later just destroyed all of those records. I'm sure he made the money. Well, probably didn't make the money back, but <laughs> my, my he, favorite, he my made favorite, some of it. My right? favorite quote of his was: uh, "McGuire set the uh, he hit 70 in a season, and 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 McFarlane bought that baseball for 1.2 million dollars or whatever the fuck it was." And as Bonds is making his his charge and is getting really close to uh, to 70, uh, somebody asked McFarlane says, "So." Um, um, Barry Bonds getting close to this record. Um, uh, do you think he's gonna? Do you think he's gonna to do? Uh, to, do you think he's gonna do it? And 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 you know what do you you know what will you do? And he's like, I I hope if Barry Bonds hits seventy one home runs, the ball goes into the bay and a whale comes up and eats it. <laughs> <laughs> Which. You can, you can hit, you, in in San Francisco. You can hit the ball out of the park into the San Francisco Bay, which was the you know his his impetus for saying that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh. Uh, I saw an interview with like not that long ago, maybe two three years ago, and he talked about how you know how it's sort of infamous that he bought the baseball and stuff, and um, people made such a big deal about it. But actually, it was a great business decision because he the notoriety it brought him outside of the comic world really opened oh, up yeah. massive doors for him with, with McFarlane toys. And it really, it, it, uh, it, it totally made his, the accessibility for him to get McFarlane toys and the toys R Us and all those outlets like instant, you know, he mm-hmm. said it completely made him a household name. And, uh, so even yeah. just from the sheer business perspective of it, it was more than worth spending all that money. Oh, and those baseballs are still historically important. And if I, I don't yeah. know if he still has them all at some point, he would be able to auction those and whether, you know, once the, the taint of the <laughs> steroid scandal kind of eases up a little bit, taint. I, 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 he'll be, able, you know, shit, the, the, the baseball hall of fame, Will would be happy to have those on display. You know, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but it, 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 there's just something fascinating about those image guys. You know, it's just. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I just. I mean. I mean. I, I. I joke a lot about how I love being Twitter buddies with 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 Rob Liefeld, but I, it's true. I, I would. I mean, I generally would just love to sit down with those dudes with some beers and just talk about their like their. You know, because it just. Uh, they, they lived fascinating lives. Well, I guess I, they are living fascinating lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, and and uh, you know, and, and when I think of the image founders, I, I guess uh, although there were seven of them, I I, I largely think of uh, of 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 four of them. I mean, I don't like I, I don't like to me Larson, like, Will Portacio is not the ones that I yeah. think of as. Be, I mean, I don't. No disrespect to the other three, I guess I just don't feel like they made necessarily made their mark as much as the other guys. Oh, uh, I tell you, don't don't shorthand Valentino. Yeah, but he was no, always the odd man in out. He's a, he's a very interesting guy. Like he never struck me as a very interesting personality. Yeah, yeah, um, you, know, you know, he's a guy that like went about his business, and even now, like he seems happy with his legacy, but doesn't like. Again, I'm not. I I don't know him personally. I don't. I don't think come out wrong. Like I think he's not. He may be a very interesting guy. I'm just saying. Like I don't. Uh, I tell my, uh, read, read up. Read up. Read up on him. Talk to people about him. Because out of all of the image founders, which we think of image as kind of the um, being kind of that that 
very weird spearhead between independent comics and mainstream comics, there was no bigger advocate, and probably still to this day, is no bigger advocate of of indie comics than Jim Valentino. Right. But the one that, thing where he differed from the other, well, the, the more uh, high-profile image founders was Valentino never sold the personality. Like Jim Lee and and Liefeld. I think that's Liefeld, what I'm getting at. He didn't strike me as he wasn't larger than life. Right. No, no. You had Todd at the top, and then then Liefeld, and then Jim Lee. You know, Silvestri, not so much, but he was like you know, the uh, the handsome type uh, image guy. But then Valentino, he just did the job. Yep. You know, he he got the job done, and then he started doing the shadow line stuff, and yeah. it seems like he was focused a lot more on the on the actual process of publishing and making comics than you know Todd and and Rob were they being on the they, cover of Image they, or, they, or, or, or Wizard. Or, yeah, right. they were the they were like the quote glamour of of Image, and Valentino wasn't having that. Yeah, my comics. But he is a, he's a cool dude to talk to. He knows a lot yes. about comics. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Well, you can read Normal Man and and find out what all, all the crap he knows. Yeah. It's it's insane. He he's somebody who, you know, you, you have books like like Eisner Miller or you know somebody who wants to talk to Miller or Cat Ironwood and, and talk about Will Eisner things like that. And and I think if someone sat down with Valentino and interviewed him, he'd probably just it would be such a fascinating. We have documentaries on, on Ditko and they talk to Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman and you have all these people who have been around comics or been in comics for maybe as long as we've been reading and, you know, and that's what they know. But somebody I think like Valentino, because he's not, he's not just a mainstream guy. It's right. because even though he, even though he's got image now and before image, he was at Marvel like the rest of the image founders. But even before Marvel, he was, he was doing work. For 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 Art Varg and 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 oh, yeah? for small indie comics, so I mean he he would know a lot. I'd I'd love to sit down and talk to him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't it. want to give him short shrift. I mean, because and and he, I think Vince said it the best, which is that you know, he was ultimately just the he was the the workman of the group. Right, like he, he wasn't flash. He was the first one to get the books out. Actually, out. He 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 was the one that was on the regular, you know. And 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 Shadowhawk didn't last all that long. Like I, it's not like no. he. He banged it, but but he, while he was doing it, he banged it out on a regular basis, and then you know, and then from a business perspective, he was the you know he was the the publisher of Image for uh, a, a number of years, good, good and, long time, yeah, and, um, and and I guess by at least by reputation, he was the he was the publisher when Image finally became profitable for the first time in a long time again, you know, after they went through a long period of digestion after the the blow up, but. Uh, but you know, yeah. I, so I, again, I don't want to give the man short shrift. I'm just saying. But like when I think of when I say I would love to sit down and drink and have hear stories, he's not one of the people. Like I, I, I guess I don't view him like in a sort of a that quasi celebrity. Like wow, what a life they must have lived. Like I think of those other guys, you know. And uh, yeah. and for me, um, Larson it would be probably the fourth on that list in the sense that um, I, I just <laughs> what? no. I, what, no I mean, Lars- Larson Larson is fucking hilarious to hang out with. 
Yeah, and, no, and, and I, it's a, but but I guess because I was never a huge Savage Dragon fan, like I just don't. Uh, I read a lot of it when it was first coming out, but uh, but I just uh, for me he'd be the guy. Like the other three are the ones like I'd really like to, and I'd like to hear their views of how things went because clearly, well, that's it. Uh, that's, versus that, Jim that, that, versus Todd's views of how things went are vastly different. Even to the yeah, but, but I think Larson might be one of the few out of that group that'll really fucking tell you how it was because he doesn't. He, just doesn't fucking care. You're talking workmen when you talk Valentino. They're yeah. the, the only one of the Image founders who never stopped doing what he came over to Image to do was Eric he, he's, Yeah, Yeah, he's the only one that his comic is still going and he is still the he's still the guy behind it. It's like yeah. Spawn still goes, but, but McFarlane's so separated from it now. But yeah, Larson, it's Savage Dragon is the only what continuously running comic at image that is still oh, wait, I heard uh I heard creator. some crazy shit's going on in Savage Dragon right now. Yep. Like like some fucking whacked out shit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. As it should. That's the good thing about Larson. He mixes it up. Yeah, I, if, he's if, he's if not afraid to through, right? he's he's certainly pushing the boundaries of the idea that it's, you know, not a shared universe and he can do whatever he wants. Yep. <laughs> that's that's Larson. Emperor Dragon. There you go. I don't want. I want. I want to see some more bacon mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. A serious, one of the not not to plug the other show, but one of the funnest. One of the funnest interviews <laughs> that we ever that we ever did was sitting down with Larson, and it was one of those that whenever we were getting to the end, I think that he would have kept talking for another four hours if we had wanted to. He's a cool and, dude. He is he is a really really cool dude. We had such a good time with him. Yep. So there and you he, go. And he he makes good comics. Yes, he Dave Wachter's going. Doh! But he does. I don't care what you say, Dave. <laughs> he makes great. Wachter comics. doesn't like quite Larson. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say it. So cool. My squeaky chair is getting on my nerves. I need to get some proper seatage. You know what I miss? Forty up in this piece. Yeah, you, you, you know what I miss. Spe- speaking of of image, I, I miss speed lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because need some manga. I I um I do need some manga. Right. I I recently I I read today um one of the first things out of of my DCBS box because we do have uh, and it's still going on. By the time this episode's released, you probably have until Thursday night to place your vote. But uh, I know I haven't been talking about the 11 o'clock comics of the month and and that's basically we uh Shame when the solicits come out i know i i do suck and when the solicits come out you have um you know you you check the publishers throw out a couple of nominations the idea is to challenge yourself we try to keep it under five bucks vince and we uh we we, <laughs> we um so no finder libraries please oh uh, i can't wait for that i can't either dude i'm getting that and i'm getting the uh the original story yeah i know i'm i'm getting all find it out the uh so the idea is basically to challenge yourself pick up something that you normally wouldn't buy you know that, that's not in your pull list get you Give yourself something new to read uh, from any publisher. Publisher cannot have consecutive wins, and uh, and all, all the rules and everything are, are sticky to the thread that that gets posted at the um, when the solicits do start to come in. So, uh, I read the one from 
November, which was Superboy number one. And I, I am still a fan of Jeff Lemire. I, I really dug the story. The, the art, the art's nice by, uh, it's, it's Pierre Gallo, um, with a really spiffy Raphael Albuquerque cover. Uh, I, I like the story. I, I think I'm going to at least see where this is going. Uh, I didn't show the issue to Renee because the last page is, is a cliffhanger of sorts and, and there's an appearance by somebody, but I, um, I don't dislike Connor as Superboy. I have a tendency to maybe, you know, sidekicks or partners or, or clones can kind of get to me a little bit. I don't have this problem, especially after watching Young Justice over the weekend. I, 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 I like Connor. Uh, but I miss speed lines. I remember, and, and this goes back to John Byrne earlier, where you draw you draw something on a page. It's a static image. It's two dimensional, and 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 that's on the page. If if you want to show motion, if you want to show movement, you need to do that. And and the way to do that is with speed lines. And sadly, with with color artists using Photoshop or, or special techniques, Ryan Stegman, I think, does a great job of of. We, we were looking at his original art at, at uh, Cito Cito's and, and when he has, he doesn't rely on the colorist to use speed lines or show motion or blur the artwork. Ryan actually adds the lines himself and it doesn't, it's not like manga where it takes up the entire back panel or anything like that. It just, it's, it, if an arm is swinging at you, you just see the arm move, but that's part of the art. Whereas here, unfortunately, when Superboy's being attacked by the villain of the issue, or even when he's trying to use his powers to throw a tractor at this villain, there's no, there's no sense of mo. You don't. I didn't. It's kind of matrixy in a way that that here's here's the villain and he punches Superboy and and the next panel is Superboy inside, you know, smacked into the side of the tractor and and there was it was. It happened really quickly, so I, I like the idea that it was sudden, so if you blink, you miss it. But there was, all of a sudden, here's Superboy on the left side of the panel, and then the panel below it, now he's on the right, beaten into the tractor. And I just, I miss, it, it, this isn't, and I'm just using this because it's the most recent example that I've read. I just, I, I, I miss artists using, doing it themselves, but I miss them using tricks that work in comics. It, it, I'm not saying it's a shortcut, it's, it's, it's a nifty technique or it's it's a style but i just i i like i don't want things drawn out for me i guess but in a way i do but it, it's just yeah. i i i like, I like the the after image like say when someone throws a punch you see the the fist as it originates tight close to the body and then you see the the arm extended with the the fist rotated about you know 180 degrees or or, right. or 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 more and then in between you see latent images of like the the contour yeah, yeah, of the yeah, arm yeah, yeah, as yeah. It, as it was progressing from the start to the finish position i love that I do like fla- like flash when when they do flash running yeah. a lot of times you'll see multiple legs but not all fully rendered legs because that'd be creepy it'd be like the spider <laughs> but uh you know you know you see the maybe the end position but then you see all the ones before it like just a little right. contour line i like yeah, that and, and your mind fills in the rest but it's it's all there and and yeah and that's and and it's it's a very pretty book and and i it, it tells the story well they're just they're little things that i i'm nitpicking because i just i i'd like to see the art portray that but i i um 
I'm I'm glad I'm glad I gave it a shot. I mean, it's it's Jeff, so I was chances are I was going to read it. I didn't know mm-hmm. if I was going to read it as it was coming out, but but now I want to. And uh, it's, it's it's I I I'm glad that DC is putting out a book about teenagers in Smallville. It's about ten years too fucking late. <laughs> If you were trying to tie into the damn TV show, yeah, well, no, 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 they had they had a nine or Tom Durenick series, did, uh, yeah, Tom Durenick, yeah, but 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 this is it's it, an anthology. It, it's it's a it's a it's a teen drama that is you know it's yeah it, it's really good. But what I like is that he has established Smallville as kind of its own character. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the town has its own feel and vibe and that, I mean, that's, um, I mean, it's, it's still, it's mainstream comics. So you're getting a mainstream look at, at Jeff Lemire as a writer. And this is, if you want to, I I think if you want to, you know, quote unquote, look into the heart of, of the creator, go and read Essex County because that is, that is Jeff doing what Jeff does better than, than anyone. And that is tell small stories about small towns and, and really, you know, kind of reveals the, um, you know, the, the heart of that. Well, here you have in a, in a very mainstream setting, him doing that with Smallville with, with Superboy and this cast of characters in, in the town. And, and, and so it has that, it has a small town feel to it, but with a DC superhero, um, vibe to it. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see him, um, mixing those two things because there's probably no bigger, DC Comics fan out there than Jeff. I mean, he he loves this stuff, but he still has that that wonderful offbeat indie feel to his work. So yeah, I think Superboy is going to be it's going to be an interesting series for folks that maybe aren't um, or are familiar with his stuff. But yeah, I, I like the first issue. There's uh, it's it's going to be neat to watch what he what he does, and he has a plan. I mean, there's. Right. There's, there's stuff. He's got a lot of stuff planned out for this. Even if, uh, and even if you're familiar with the Silver Age Superboy, the um, and and it's, this is the first thing I thought of, only because of of my history with the character. But there's a um, Connor has a friend who just happens to be like his age and and a resident mad scientist. And and as as I'm reading this, I'm just I'm reading it thinking they're setting up another. Superboy makes Lex Luthor bald and ends up with a with, with an arch enemy for life as as, as it progresses. I, it, I doubt it will, but it just it struck me as here's Superboy and he has a friend who who's a who's one of the smartest guys in town. As far as the well, that, I mean town, that that's that's the that's the interesting thing about that character is that will will he be Connor's Lex? Right. And you know, it's and interesting it, because of 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 what he knows. So it would be it would be a neat twist on on if he does if, if it does go down that road. But it'd be nice to have to have somewhat of a um, well, I'll you know liken him to a Chloe Sullivan from from the show, and you know just somebody that there you go that somebody that that Superboy can always fight in. Yeah, uh, but he's my you know Dayton Lex's niece, right? Not yet. No. Well, he maybe I think she wants to date him, but oh, people still watch like that? that show. Yeah, from what I told, yeah. Um, you make yourself laugh. As far as as far as the the actual 
comic book itself, I had to laugh because uh, I know how people love to um, to comment on the ads in comic books and 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 how there are nothing but like in-house ads for a lot of the, of the uh, of the big two books. There are seven interior ads in this issue. Five of them have to do with the Batman universe. Whether Bruce Wayne lives oh, for Batman yeah. Inc., for the Dark Knight, for Batwoman, for there are five different ads, all four, all with the same treatment as far as the way it's laid out. Yeah. And it, it, but it's, it's it was like it's it five out of the seven. How but, about pushing the books that don't sell all that well? That's Did you ever think idea. of doing that? That's insane, dude. You can sell Batman to the dead. Oh, but you know what? You know what, Vince? And mm. if you, I don't know if there were preview pages online for Superboy number one, and if they were, the first couple should have been included. But uh, Phantom Stranger makes an appearance. Look at that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Dapper Man, which was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. All cryptic and junk. But the other, uh, the other <laughs> eleven o'clock uh, <laughs> comic. Uh, winner that I read, uh, which I again David, would like David's to read on more a tear. Is, uh, I love this. Baltimore, the plague ships. Number one. Oh yeah. This was uh, now. This this. I'm going to because of 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 Mike Mignola's output recently, and 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 the main company he pretty much does work for these days is Dark Horse, and he's got his. His, um, I think Dark Horse works for him, but <laughs> <laughs> he has, you know, basically his legacy is, of course, Hellboy. That uh, and and when you think of Mignola, that's what you think of, and and VPRD in that universe, uh, because he wrote this or is writing it with Christopher Golden. Does this book have anything to do with Hellboy or VPRD or in their universe, or is it a separate? Just completely different story. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, without spoiling anything, I guess I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like it does, but that's only because it's monsters and it's because it's Mignola. So I, right now, in, at this stage right. in his life, he I, that's I I see a Mignola. I see his name on something. I associate it correctly or not with Hellboy. So I assumed it took place in the same world, although. I can't say that I based on that on anything other than what you're alluding to, which is that right. it's a Mignola I mean, I don't book. expect to see Hellboy, but I just I think it might be just an earlier tale or, or something from before right. in World War yeah. II. Mm-hmm. There are direct links, like Lobster Johnson definitely takes place in the Hellboy right. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. universe, but then it, sure. it, it's not. Well, I don't think it was all that explicit if Baltimore did or not. So you can. I guess you can interpret it anyway. You, you know, want, what? Yeah. I, I say just throw it all in the same soup. Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it does probably matter for the sake of this particular story, but certainly, it wouldn't shock me if at some point down the line, it it right. somehow twines. You yeah. know. Well, it, look, being that it comes from the mind of the same creator, whether or not it's a, you know explicitly stated that it's the same universe, you might as well assume that it is. That's that's where I'm going, you know, but yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not saying that because now I feel like oh crap I haven't been reading Hellboy in years. I mean I don't I'm going to treat it as a separate story as I read it unless you know I don't expect a, a little pop up to show up saying you know well if you read Library Edition Volume Two then you'd know I don't I expect this to be a standalone or somewhat just self contained story if it if it ties in or if something's mentioned that you know Hellboy's dad dealt with in another story that's not going to phase me out. Right, right. You know, I'd read that. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sure you did already. Oh, nice. Well, here we go. I think we're all done. Damn, I had so Dude, much no, more to no, talk no. about. Well, go ahead. No, let's no. do it. We we've been on a on a. No, oh no, we are not. Yes, we we are not done. But let Jason take care of his business. But it means I, I'm gonna have to bump my business. Week. Our business. Our wait, business. wait, wait. What were you gonna bump? Let me just get a teaser. No, here. it's stuff I don't want. I don't want to short shrift it because it was a fucking awesome so couple weeks for Chris, animation. Chris, yes, it. it oh my God, was it? yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get yeah, that off next week. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Young sweet. Justice was that. fucking awesome. Young Justice was awesome. Fire, Fire Breather awesome. was great. Yeah. It was Fire Breather was good. Of, of Gamma World were, were fantastic. Oh, it was just an awesome weekend. What's I mean, this we're, Gamma World? Gold, gold, it's a golden age. Avengers, the Avengers. Uh, was it about Gamma World? Oh, Avengers I thought you were talking about the Steve Jackson thing, Gamma no. World. Or no, no, that was TSR that did Gamma World. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so... <clears throat> uh, People have been waiting with bated breath, biting their nails, sitting on the edges of their seats, waiting for our four asses to finally make a decision on the long-awaited 11 o'clock logo contest. So after many, many patient and uh, insistent requests for us to finally pick someone, we did promise everyone last week that this week, come hell or high water, we would announce a winner. To remind people, um, we had asked for anyone that wanted to enter to submit their uh, ideas for a logo for us that we could then use as our official logo, uh, do whatever we wanted with it, you know, business cards, posters, the banner, whatever. But uh, we, we, we were long overdue for a nice logo, and we knew that we had a lot of talented artists in the community and just uh, kind of threw it out there and said that uh, in addition to the uh, overwhelming sense of satisfaction and pride you would get from having your logo displayed uh, on our person. Um, <laughs> you also would get a, a short box full of goodies from me of my choosing. Um, but you know, I'd hook a brother up. So uh, we took a while. Um, I, I would say it's fair to say I'm speaking for all four of us when I say it was a really hard decision. Very hard. Um, the reason we took a month longer than we planned is because we really were having trouble making that decision um, because there were so many very, very... Vastly... We all had like four or five and then like yeah. we had to end up matching which who had the most votes. And right. Yeah. We, we, right. We, so... we plucked the overlap where yeah. we, of our top picks, we looked to see which one, uh, re, where the repeats were. The ones that, that, that stood out. That we all okay. picked, yeah. Correct. And... Um, never let it be said that we're uh, we're 100% decisive. Um, ultimately, after much uh, debate back and forth, and we finally came to a consensus, and we are happy to say that uh, we have found a winner, but it's not a winner. It is actually two winners. Two. So, um, Do we want to tell uh, them the uh, the four finalists? No. Just, just to keep no. dragging this out? We don't? No. I, I, don't, I don't think we should get any of the finalists. Cause okay. I don't want to see because honestly, there were so many people that did such a great job. I don't. They were know. all fantastic. Yeah. Was, I, everyone's a winner. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Tell them what um, they've won, David. <laughs> so okay, so so the first winner uh, is probably the one that 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 I would say based because he was an early favorite on the, the forum thread. <laughs> Not and, uh, goddamn socks off. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't even want to enter now." Um, <laughs> And uh, and I could see why, and that is uh, uh, that is our buddy, our longtime friend, Mr. Andy Jewett. Andy, uh, 
So congrats to Andy. He he uh, he came out strong. I don't know if I don't remember if he was the first one to first, put something in there, first. or uh, or one of the first. But like right away, he put this awesome, uh, basically you know circular caricatures of each of us uh, out there. And uh, he then later submitted a a, a version of it that um, uh, ver- the first one was was horizontal for all four of us. And then he submitted one where it was two on top of two, and uh, that's ultimately the one I think we really were we're really giddy about and so uh congrats to andy um i think he did it within 45 minutes yeah it was crazy (laughs) it was crazy so uh we'll bump in the thread for the episode we'll 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 post the two winning images so that you can see them again but uh but uh it's fantastic and and uh you know andy you're our boy and and we're we're really pleased to uh to to be able to choose you uh and then the other one was a relatively late entrant yeah uh, i don't know someone who who is actually not all that active on the forums. Um, he <laughs> probably that. signed up just to do the logo contest. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, as I logged in today to, to look up the, he's only had 39 posts. Yeah. So he's he's not, you know. He's I been hanging he out on the drawing board, so yeah. Yeah, he lurks more than he posts, but he has been around for a while. Um, but, you know, hey, he but he came in and he brought the heat. <laughs> he brought the heat. Uh, and that is uh, our co-winner, and uh, another hearty congratulations to uh, Mr. Mickey Rossi. Yep. Um, now, Mickey submitted For a number of, yeah. of entrants. Uh, the one we, we chose, and it was really a consensus, it was, all four of us liked that. Unanimous, of his, really. Yeah. Of his entrance. <laughs> That was the we all picked his his this one particular one that is the EC version of the gold, of, no, gold, gold key. key. I'm sorry, the, the gold, I'm sorry, yes, uh, I misspoke. The gold key version. Godwood. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Godwood. Well, yeah, yeah, he did it as well. I'm sorry. The, the gold key version of of the eleven o'clock comics, um, yeah, which gorgeous. is just awesome. Um, it, uh, it, it. I don't know what else to I say. Want, I it, want a T-shirt right now. Yeah, it evokes. Yeah, it evokes the gold key era, and it's it's. He did a colored version with with uh, with black, red, and blue, and he did a black and white version. They're both awesome. So, um, you know, I, I've been speaking long enough. Congratulations to both guys, and uh, a truly heartfelt and humbling thank you to the dozens of other people that took the time to submit. Because, uh, you know, it's it's actually when we when we came up with this idea to do this. We were we were super psyched about it, and and I, the one thing I didn't really think through is what a bummer it is to not pick a lot of people, you know, and have to be like, well, you know, I you, you, to tell people they didn't win. So, um, you know, but it is what it is. And uh, we were, were thrilled to sell with the, with the two winners. And uh, I guess we'll be in touch with them to figure out the shipment of their prizes and what we're going to do with the logos and that sort of thing. But, uh, but we promise that now that we've picked winners very shortly, we will hopefully have some different types of, of swag and goodies that have been long requested. Um, and uh, we may even, you know, have some swag for ourselves to wear at the next con. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so congrats to Andy and to Mickey. And um, that's all I got. If you guys have anything more you want to add, by all means. I, 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 I w- I'm going to try and have T-shirts um, printed up for C-Dos, c dos Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. So, Rocket, thank you. Thank, seriously, as a designer... Who was too lazy to do our own <laughs> fucking logo? Uh, thank you to everyone who spent the time to do that. It was it's it was true, awesome. It was awesome to see. Let's be honest. This contest started because Vince said promised he'd do a logo for us for about two years. And, and yeah, yeah, I dropped the ball. So, dropped the ball. You were funny, like well, dropped it, kicked it down the steps. Yeah. But then you got you have to realize that ball had been picked up 
way back during the bullpen days. I've been carrying that ball for a long, long friggin' time. <laughs> oh, so I'm a ball now. You no, know, I still, I still never, I've still never seen Vince, <laughs> like Vince's uh, drawing skills. Nah, one of these Those days, drawings. buddy. One of these days. <laughs> it's just lines Sorry. on paper, man. That's all. That's all. I think I'm gonna see a bunch of drawings of penises. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey everybody! This episode of Eleven O'clock Comics was has been, fun as hell. Oh. Yes, it was fun as hell, and th- that fun has been brought to you in part by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you—that's right—you, the <laughs> hyper-driven comic fan, can get all your obsessive compulsive needs at one place and for pennies on the dollar. Huge discounts. Some of the stuff is discounted up to 75%. Where yeah. are you going to find that? Nowhere. In fact, I used my my box as a table. Yeah. I didn't even get to open it because I was prepping for the show and getting stuff yeah, ready. It's a big box, dude. No, it's not really that big. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's not bad. It's about a foot and a half high. I'm, I'm hoping the Grant Morrison 120 Days thing is in there. Mm. Yeah, oh, I can't wait yeah. to look at that. But anyway, you can get all this stuff that we talk about at Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. If you're a first-time customer, enter the following code, Mr. Wood. E-O-C-8. That's E-O-C-8, and as the 8 alludes, you will get an extra additional, on top of your already Wamba discounts, another 8%. It's crazy. Oh, for and real. It's in, it's in, and it's not like a pseudo 8%. I'm sure they just add it to the 8%. Or they what, add it to what? your discounts. Like borders with this bullshit that your extra <laughs> 10% discount comes off the already discounted price. That's bullshit. I hate that. But watch. It'll probably be that way at TCBS. I'll have to cut that out. But, an, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Way to throw us under the bus, Yeah, really. You're getting more. You're getting more than your Wumba discounts. Oh, you're goodness. getting Wumba Plus. DCBService.com. And in your travels, I said it last week, reject staff by Paul Grist. But also, oh, yeah. also, I've been loving the hell out of this book. I don't care about the criticisms. I don't care that it doesn't really make all that much sense. It's pretty. It's wacky. It makes me laugh. Batman Odyssey. Please. Oh, I knew you were going to say run that. Wow. Out. It, it is so effed up I, I have no idea what's going on but you get to see dead man and aquaman and batman and all other kinds of mans <laughs> man man and man man and just <laughs> awesome awesome neil adams art i don't know how much of it is done by the man or his son or maybe continuity studios and i don't really care it's just it, it's just wonderful to look at and it's and it's thing. it's fun Man bat, retarded man bat. Bruce, Bruce calling Alfred a retard and a, and a, yes. Yeah, it's great. It's oh, great. Oh, so you know it's in continuity. It is. Alfred's a retard, isn't he? Oh, Jesus H. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Go get Batman Odyssey. It's fun. It's, it's, it is the anomaly in current comics. It's fun. And just, it's, it's its own continuity. Just get it. Oh, let me see here. Um, um, uh, a triple shot here. We Ooh. keep talking about the the sixth gun. Please yes. pick up the sixth gun. Uh, the uh, the sixth issue just wrapped up, which will be the first trade. And I can tell you without a doubt, one hundred percent. If you haven't read it in single issues, please pick up the trade because it is such an awesome, awesome book. Uh, the next one is um, Incognito is back. Um, 
icon, and the first issue picks right back up. If you're a fan of Sleeper uh, or the the first Incognito series, it is it is Sean Phillips and and Brew Baker at their best. And uh, and my last one, which I want to talk about more na- uh, more next week, um, just an artistic tour de force. And a great pickup of the uh, the original story. If you were a fan, uh, Batwoman Zero by uh, J. H. Williams, uh, W. Hayden Blackman, and Amy Reader. Amy Reader, who will be at Challengers Comics this Friday, December third. If you want to meet her and have her sign a copy of Batwoman Zero, um, it was visually um, just knocked out of the park. It was awesome. Great. So there. Uh, I will say, because I have the third issue in my hand, because it, it I received it today and I haven't read it yet. Uh, actually, no, all right, I'll talk about that next week. Uh, Artifacts. <laughs> oh. Artifacts. Oh, yes, I want to talk about we'll that next week. Yeah. I, I, good, I, I good. have number three, I'll read number three. I can do that. Yes. I, yes. I, I also read the first issue of something else from Image that I'll talk about next week when we talk about the cartoons. But, uh, right. uh yeah, and the back cover ad on this artifacts number three is for a pretty funky series that I started to read and I'll uh, that's all I'll say about it right now hmm. all right, respect um, I gotta give some propers to uh, Mr. Zeb Wells and Mr. Leonard Kirk on New Mutants um, oh. ah. right, last, right last arc um, and uh, I really was kind of like losing my way a little bit with it when it was caught up in the whole you know X-Men event du jour but uh, but this last arc, you know, takes place after that, and it's its own standalone thing. And um, uh, it kind of took me by surprise because it had just been building up, and I was like, ah, I guess I'll catch up on it here, and wasn't expecting much from it. And then, bam! Um, all I know is, if you're a longtime fan of the X Men and you remember Inferno, which I don't re- I don't know how it stacks up to people that it, but I, I loved it when it was coming out. I thought it was terrific. I very fond memories of Inferno. You may remember that uh, there were some mutant and babies that were involved in Inferno that they used to open up the <laughs> gateway to uh, Limbo. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how many of you ever thought whatever happened to those babies. Well, in this arc, you find out, and it's fucking pretty goddamn cool. So, um, and Leonard Kirkman, he's got mad skills. And oh, you Leonard know, Kirk's awesome. Oh yeah. You know, people uh, that miss him from you know Captain Britain and MI13. He did this arc, and I think he's on the Hulk now, right? Or was uh, maybe not? But he, I don't know what he's doing next. But but uh, this arc was terrific. So hats off to both of them for uh, for for this uh, last uh, you know half dozen issues. So neat. Yeah, I have Inferno bound. Oh, you're my boy. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I just ordered the Inferno. Uh, the it's omnibi. not actually an omnibus, but it's yeah, it's like an omnibus. Type of oh, like the Invincible uh, Iron Man, not an omnibus, omnibus style thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. That uh, Travaz sent me two volumes, every issue of Inferno, the crossovers. Yeah, it's nice. It's what nice. is it about you that you get all the swag? Oh, See? this is this was long time ago. He sent it's me. Nice oh, I know, I know. Um, but you he's not that nice, time. folks. I Folks, am. No, that's the thing. Nice. See, no, and, oh, nice. please. I am the nicest. And, and oh, by the way, he hates, he hates celebratory things. So I do. I know. It's like, I, don't get it. <laughs> I do. He, talk, he talks bad about all of I you. I live for the holidays, back. people, and my birthday's coming up. Just saying. I don't right. talk my bad birthday. about anybody. I want to talk bad about one thing, though. In brief, you guys were mentioning Top Cow. I really think they, they missed the boat on the name for their, their uh, pilot season collected. Books, how they called it, Top Cow First Looks. Yeah. Because that is the last time I'm ever going to look at any of the books in that collection. 
Really? Oh, it was rough, man. There, it was, there, were, there were a couple decent ones in there. Oh, I thought it was rough. Rough, rough, rough. If it ain't stuff. rough, it ain't right. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I just, none of them clicked with me. Absolutely. There was none I walked away. And I, you know me. I love Top Cow. I, I love their, their long standing characters. That wasn't, that wasn't a pilot season thing, though. That was just a first look. Just a peek. Yeah, yeah just right. a peek. Yeah. Eh, no. Hey, I'm going to throw something out there before we hang, before we, uh, quote unquote, hang up. Um, at some point in the next few weeks, where I think we're going to do a kind of a quasi holiday episode like we usually do, where you know we all mm-hmm. exchange gifts and all that sort of thing. Um, it's been a long time. I'm just throwing it out there. You, you guys want to maybe let a couple of people ask us a question or two for a sure. holiday episode? <laughs> yeah. Like for the holidays? Because I'm sure we have a new crop of listeners. Exactly. Been back then, yeah. Poor bastards. You know, not, oh, not like man. a thousand questions like the last time where we're never going to get through them, but you know, maybe <laughs> five or six questions will. Yeah. Maybe pick the ones we think are most intriguing and hit them up. That sounds great to me. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we we'll, are, are are we gonna do? Um, we we got to figure out our schedule here, but um, do our do our holiday episode, and then, then are we gonna come back right at the beginning of the year with our eleven o'clockers? Well, mm, we used to do the eleven o'clockers sort of mid to like, late January because you got to yeah. give people a chance to make their votes. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like to wait till the end of the year in case they get because you know, we're not we're not fence. getting our December's book until the first week of January. Yeah, and also right. people a lot of times get gifts for the holidays, like trades and stuff, and then they read it like, "Wow, that was awesome!" So you know, we usually like to give them a few weeks to sell us shit. Yeah. Uh, but so you act so so what you're saying is that you you value the opinions of others. Damn it, Parker. So what, so what you're saying uh, is you're giving Vince an extra it, couple of weeks. Right. In most in most situations, I don't value the opinions of anyone else. <laughs> but in this little strange oddball community of ours, I yes, I've found that uh, that some of some of you guys and gals actually have some interesting things to say. I opened my box. I, got I, I opened your box. Which box? I got I got peanuts. Got peanuts. Yep. Yeah, I got peanuts. <laughs> I got I got foam. Damn. Oh well. Vince, I'm sending you one, and you're getting you're getting foam from me. Yay! So. I'm getting foam. Really? Uh-huh. Like, How'd like you do that? You have a foam machine? He kept them from his uh, no, DCVS box. No, I kept them from my DCVS box. Yeah. Vince, Vince is actually getting three things from me. Jesus. I li- wow. That's insane. My, yeah. my wife, by the way, I come home today and she's like, yeah, you know, she's like, uh, not for nothing, but the UPS man came today and he came to the door with three packages and he says to me, eh, it's not a big day for you. I only have three packages. She's like, oh, I think you're going a little that's crazy. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, it's the holidays. Tis the season. Holidays, woman. It's tough when you get the hairy eyeball from the wife. I'm very uncomfortable. You got to lie. UPS man came to my house yesterday. So excited. Got my new broom. (laughs) I saw that. Awesome. A broom. Do they like, are there team logos and stuff on the broom and like various graphics or is it just a broom? No, it's it's sweet looking, dude. So no, it's I because I don't know. It's like colorful. The ice. Do you have like a theme song? Is it like Jay Z's? You know, come and brush your shirt off. Like, is it like, no, I think I think it's the theme song from Hazel. <laughs> no, just 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 keep joking. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It's it's, alive. It's, it's 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 more like going to a Bulls game. You know, it's oh, like yeah, you know, and like now playing lead, yeah. Christopher. The Rock, Neesman. <laughs> oh. Yeah, watch The Rock clean it's up. Not, it's not like that at all. Uh, <laughs> hey, <ball>. everybody. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us. We'll yeah. be back next week. 
Have a good weekend, uh, uh, space in between episodes, and we'll be back. We'll see you. We love you so much. Yeah. We do. Oh, you're all right. Yeah. Disclaimer. Oh, uh, views expressed by the members of the show, callers, guests, and the occasionally intercepted transmission are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of 11 o'clock comics. Like, the bears are awesome. While alcohol is consumed and consumed often on the show, there are currently no laws prohibiting drinking and podcasting. Mm, dragon's milk. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of 11 o'clock comics is strictly prohibited. And all content presented in this program is the sole property of 11 o'clock comics and Vince's, Vince B's peanut laden DCBS box. And this has been an 11 o'clock comics production copyright 2010. Happy holidays, everyone. Nice. Somebody remind me for next episode to talk about Scott Morse's Strange Science Fantasy. Because I keep meaning to do it and I keep forgetting. It's a great book. See ya, everybody. Good night, all. Bye. that candle. Goddamn chair. Chris, why did you give me that link to that picture? Now I just saw that. Isn't that, that awesome? Uh, that well, now I just saw that the artist's choice is having their sale right. Well, that, that that's that's the sale price. It would be like 130 bucks. Walking Dead no, number 13. Your pages that are marked new don't aren't for sale. Oh, is that not new one? It's it's not marked new. That's no, it's, dude, you know it's um, funny on PRJR's page. All of his pages were 25 percent off, and then Century pages were 50 percent off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>